0: Let's start the show. It's December 13th, 2012. Welcome to This is Only a Test, the official podcast of (laughs) Tested.com. I'm Will Smith. Joining me today, Norman Chan, Bomb. Wesley Fenlon. Hello. Uh, I first off before we get any further, Super Brothers, Blockheads, Photograph, Blockheads,
1: uh, Super Brothers. Good choices all around.
0: they there a bad choice? Really. There's no bad choice there. There's there's no bad choice.
1: Um, there are good arguments for each. Exactly.
0: Um. So, well, first off, well, yeah, oh, no, no, uh, housekeeping. Okay.
1: Do you have housekeeping for podcast feeds?
0: Ah, uh, this one doesn't change. I know, but to let people okay, know. Yeah, that is a good point. If you like, still untitled, the Adam Savage Project, you know, the podcast where we talk to Adam about things like Star Wars and books and shit you should buy for friends and family at holiday and food and all sorts of other stuff. They're they're great little podcasts. They're about twenty minutes long. I think the longest one has been thirty five minutes or something like that. So they're they're I, I if this is a eminently feast,
1: digestible, yes,
0: it is a it is a bite sized show. Um and and you get to find out a little bit about how Adam uh, how Adam works. We shoot him all over the place. Sometimes they're, they're at M5. Sometimes they're at uh his his shop. Sometimes they're at his house. Um, little podcasts. Little. what
1: are they, the podcasts? The hors d'oeuvre equivalent of they're not a bagel bite.
0: They're not an hors d'oeuvre really. They're more of a they're they're a they're a first course. They're a salad course. I think
1: no. Soup course. That's a
2: disservice, I think.
0: To yeah, maybe it's called a salad. So if it's a six-course Italian meal, maybe it's the pasta course. It's the it's it's going to yeah, fill you up, give you a lot to think about.
1: I like
2: pasta.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, I, I think it's the the fancy hors d'oeuvres. You mean the, like the amuse the bouche? The amuse bouche is a single bite, though. That's like Roman Mars's It's, it's lamb like five chop minutes long at, at a nice party.
0: The hors yeah, like the like chop. the lamb chop on the where you just get picked yes. up by the bone yes. and you.
1: Hmm, that's kind of a Vegas thing, though. It leaves think. your it leaves your hands feeling a little greasy afterward. What about really
0: good that's chips and for? guacamole? No, it's better. Than, it's better than chips and guacamole. It's a five layer dip. It is. It is the five layer dip of podcasts. That's how I'm going to introduce it from now okay. on. There we go. Welcome to still entitled the Adam Savage Project. The five layer dip of podcasts. You bring the
1: chips. We bring the dip.
0: Yeah, we we are the dip. Um. So yeah, uh, new feeds. We relaunched the site yesterday or the day before yesterday for you guys. Um, with that comes the ability to have multiple podcast feeds and a bunch of other stuff that we'll talk about in a minute, but multiple podcast feeds. So previously, we were putting Still Untitled in this feed that this is only a test feed because it's, it's what we had. We have now broken that off into its own feed. Uh, it's in the submission queue for the iTunes store now. I, I did that at the moment we were able to. Um, and It usually takes between two and five days depending on how backed up Apple is. Uh, so as soon as that happens, we'll de- definitely tell you on Twitter. We'll probably post something about it on the homepage. Um, And we'll update the iTunes link on Still Untitled posts. But if you want to listen to Still Untitled, you can, of course, go to the site. You can press the play button. You can download a file directly there. My goodness. You can subscribe to an RSS feed. You will be able to click on an iTunes button and go to the iTunes store and subscribe there. Um, Or uh, you can just watch the video on YouTube or on the site. They're all in the same place now. It's not spread out all over. It's really straightforward. But you do have to resubscribe to
1: Still Untitled if you want to continue listening to that. Also, we encourage you, if you do like the show, to give it a review. Please.
0: Yeah, it's brand new. So it's not on iTunes probably by the time you listen to this. But as soon as it gets there, if you guys can give us some some feedback. And we, want, we don't want – don't like give honest feedback. We don't want five-star – I mean, if you like the show a lot, give us five-star reviews, clearly. But don't
2: like blow sunshine up our ass because we, we, we like Whoa. good feedback.
1: That's a premium service.
2: At this point, is still entitled just going to be the name you guys stick with? Or are you still trying to just think of something real? We still awesome? think that's really clever, Wes. Well, you don't think that's clever? You don't think that's you clever? Know, I like Two the, out of three of clever. us think that's pretty clever. I like the... Guess which one doesn't. I like the Adam Savage Project as a name because it gives me a real Alan Parsons Project vibe. Like well, I, think, I think that's standalone. I, I think by calling it the Adam Savage Project,
1: it's, I, I think it's a great name, but also then we now own that. So sucks if Adam wants to do something else that, and called out the Adam Savage project. You could
2: just call it the real Adam Savage project. The,
1: well, like the the ghost, ghost, the Ghostbusters, Adam? that yeah, shit? Yeah, you maybe know, Adam Savage's real project. Um,
0: I, I, you know I, Here's the thing. Still Untitled. The, the, reason, the reason that Still Untitled stuck despite one of the three of us not really liking it very much is um, it's open-ended. Like, the whole point of this thing, when Adam sat down and was like, hey, what do you guys think about doing a podcast? We were like, yeah, that sounds great. He wanted to do something that was open-ended and conversational and not not uh, didn't want to have a specific format or anything like that. So so at some point, like we have a whole bunch of questions we've taken. I think probably the next show we record, unless something really interesting happens, will be a Q&A show. Well,
1: um, also – it's, it's the the idea is that there's nothing off topic it, it's true it's about all topics everything and the you know, subject matter is great and the fact that there's it's a, it's a show about nothing and about everything is perfect uh all the suggestions were not very good
0: well there were some suggestions that were quite good but there were with his name was really in the with budget. his last name there were a lot of off you don't pin this on the users because it's our fault, too. We no, no, Our suggestions are
2: our, our suggestions were terrible. Yeah. I mean, we, we like, went through everything you guys went through. Did you get any Savage Dragon references? We
0: went through a lot of bad Savage puns. We went through a lot of not so clever wordplay. Um, the emails, the suggestions from the audience really kind of reinforced that wordplay was not the right way to go with this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we just it's it's slightly clever. Slightly that's, clever. That's all we really aim for. We could have gone with slightly clever. This is still the Adam Savage project, but that might undersell it a little bit. So anyway, it's on a new feed. It'll be on iTunes soon. Uh, you can find it on the podcast page. There's a drop down uh, when you click on – when you mouse over podcast, or if you're on an iPad or iPhone or something like that, there's a little menu that pops up. Or on any of the episodes, you can click still untitled and it takes you to the index of still untitled episodes. Um, and that's – it's a little jacked up right now because we have both videos and uh, audio versions in that feed we didn't want to lose the comments that are on the videos, since most of people are, seem to be commenting on the videos and not on the audio podcast. Um, now those comments will all be unified, but we we could have we could have just like in order to fix that we would have had to re- lose the video comments. We didn't want to do it, so like the the first fifteen episodes are going to be duped on uh, on still entitled forever. Uh, the last fifty or so episodes of this is only a test are going to have duplicate duplicate video and audio versions. Going forward, it's all one podcast page for for video and audio podcast content it gets better it's we're really excited about that it's something that we should have done six months ago and it's taken a little bit longer than we wanted but now that it's here it's really good so
1: do you want to talk let's, yeah let's, let's, let's talk, talk, talk about the site.
0: It. yeah the, things that took six months to do
1: um well a logo that was a bit of a challenge well just why, why did it take six months to get this done and w- what are our thoughts on the whole process so well uh, first thing is as as was the case at whiskey the top men, fabled top
0: men, Andy, uh, Mike Horn, Kuntz, um, uh, Narciso, uh, who is our latest, I guess, uh, addition to the team. He did the mobile site on the last Whiskey version of Tested and what I guess is still the mobile site on Giant Bomb and Comic Vine. Um, but he, he came on full time sometime in the last six months and has been kind of doing a lot of the the legwork of turning the, the idea of a redesign into an actual design. I think he did a really wonderful job. Um. But, so those guys did a bunch of other stuff in the interim. They launched a bunch of sites. They've helped um, They've helped with some kind of like super boring back-end stuff that has to happen on websites to do things like serve ads and, and make sure that the ads are going on the right pages and that we can make money from the from the stuff that yeah. both we're doing on Tested now and on and, the and other sites that Berman Braun busy. owns. Yeah, they've been but, busy.
1: But it, that was a good thing, it turns out. Yeah, it gave us time to think about it. it we, which we needed. And uh, I think that if we went into – Uh, In March, going you know having like a month or so and and redesigning the site back then, we would have wanted to redo it all over again. Well,
0: I mean the benefit of the benefit of having six months between the bad launch, which I mean we all know
1: we we can yeah we can say that now yeah we can say that it was we said it before it's not a bad launch it was a beta launch it It was was a fast launch it was definitely a fast launch. I mean the the whole the whole deal.
0: um, It's my understanding from the time it became a thing to the time we found out about it was about two weeks um which is incredibly
2: fast to rebuild
0: a website super duper even even i mean and also because of the way the sites are being built on other uh, for other for other uh sites as well that have much much greater traffic than us they had to go back and rearchitect a lot of the back end stuff so it's it's not i mean a lot of what happened a lot of what went away went away because we Andy and and the guys didn't quite but almost rebuilt the whole back end from scratch um, so the other thing that happened in the last six months is we had time to make a whole boatload of content and, and videos oh, and, and written posts and try a bunch of stuff and see what you guys like Yep. and see what you don't like and see what resonates on YouTube and see what people on Facebook like and Twitter and what Adam and Jamie's fans like and, and kind of – And what pick, they like and what we like. Yeah, and pick the best of it and, and figure out what – that's what the site's going to be because um, if we had gone into this in March, I think we would have written – we would have had a, a science blog probably. We based that. on the conversation with Jamie and Adam the initial the initial conversation we had when, when they were like yeah we think but this should be about science and then it turns out that there's a lot of really good science blogs um th- there's not a whole lot of people talking about making stuff
1: and and also writing about science is not as easy as you would think
0: um it's not it's it's hard, it's doing original reporting about science is really hard and and actually really super expensive i mean when we were buying journal access to journal entries It's like $35 per link, basically. Per article, yeah. Yeah, so if you want to go – instead of reading – because the thing I hate when people do is they read the abstract, which is one page, and it's basically the TLDR version of a 35-page or uh, 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 50-page article. You don't get the
1: charts and graphs.
0: Well, and you don't get the full – you don't get the information. You need to actually write more than two paragraphs. So when we were looking at doing that and paying thirty five bucks an article and and then maybe or maybe may or may not get stories out of that stuff, it seemed like a really weird, really weird way to go. The way to do the science blog is if you're in college and have access to all the papers through the library, go nuts. Do that. Do that when you're in school and make a business out of it. Um, But nobody's doing making stuff about making uh, and and not just the prop stuff that Adam does, but also the things like Desir Molinar and. Well, to be um, fair, people are people. People are. But we have an opportunity to do that in a way that that I mean, the association with Jamie and Adam gives us the opportunity to do that in a way that that maybe other people can't. Um, that is correct. Um, gives us access to people that is that are sometimes a little bit more hard hard to talk to. Yeah,
2: um, and it lets us go places that we might not otherwise be able to go. Um, I think another thing is neat is the ability to highlight makers who blog about their own stuff that you would never really come across yeah. until you knew about them like Doug North is a good example he has a really cool blog about, about automata. automata that is partially stuff he makes but also you know just mm-hmm. things he sees other automata his commentary on it and that's a really specific thing that you wouldn't find if you were just like googling you know cool maker stuff like yeah because it's That's why people specific. should keep on blogging.
1: Yeah, don't don't just do Twitter as long as you are doing interesting things and writing about it people will find you yeah the internet will find a way
0: um so yeah so that's that has changed the focus, and, and I mean, we'll keep we'll keep doing cool science videos. Like we're gonna keep going to nuclear reactors and finding people who are doing interesting stuff, whether it's science or building stuff. I don't know or how many technology. more nuclear reactors we we'll to be able. to I do. don't know that we need to do more nuclear reactors, but um, but I, I, I there's there are stories that are analogous to that out there, and we get people suggest them all the time, which is great. You can send emails <laughs> to Tips It Tested, uh, on email or send us a Twitter message. We read almost all as much of that stuff as we can um there's posting comments of course at forums um and and yeah i mean uh i don't know what our travel schedule is going to be like early next year because things are going to get kind of crazy but um but yeah
1: that's that's what i got but it's a new site and it it loads faster it's um, easier to read we got rid of the mebo bar don't it's tell easy, anybody it's easier to read um well uh, yeah so we
0: really specifically fixed the contrast issues with the text on the on the long articles because we knew it was hard to read, especially if you have a bad monitor. It is not pure white. It is still a white background with dark text. I, I know people don't like that. There are a small number of people in the world that don't like that.
1: Um, uh, it, it's not perfect in terms of bugs. Uh, but uh, we are fixing things like font rendering. Yeah, there's, there's, well, there's a couple of different
0: bugs that we should talk about that are pretty common, especially to Chrome users. Yeah. If you have overlapping tabs and things just look really broken... Uh, close and open Chrome or go to the About Chrome page uh, and press the Update button, and that will update you to the most recent version of Chrome, which fixes the big bug that we're having. Uh, the other things are caused by stylesheet uh, caching problems. So usually if you clear your cache or press uh, – it's either Command, Shift, or Control, depending on which platform you're on, and refresh or just mash refresh like 10 times really fast. Any of those three things usually fix that fix that problem.
2: Yeah, I actually experienced it the day before the site launched and went to norm and I was like, Hey, you know the site's broken in in Chrome, right? And he was like, What? And then I you refreshed wrong. it and I was like, Oh, it's all good. Yeah, update Chrome style Update Chrome. Um
0: yeah, it's Chrome twenty three. Chrome it's Chrome version twenty three. I don't think that matters anymore. No, it doesn't. That's the like remember how long it took to go from Firefox three to
2: Firefox four? Well, Firefox is up to like Fourteen now, or yeah. some something uh, ridiculous. It just doesn't matter anymore. But. Now that you, now that they have background updating, it's you know very very insignificant what the number is. Background updating is a wonderful thing. Um, okay, so
0: there's a couple other things we should talk about. We have made it really easy to track people who are talking to you on the forums or comments or anywhere on the site. If somebody, if you mash reply to someone on a on a post or comment or whatever, podcast comment, story comment, video comment, anywhere you post reply. Uh, what happens is they get a little notification thing. There's a little notification window. So up on the top on the nav bar, it says explore videos podcast forms. And then there's your buddy icon and then there's an envelope for PMs. And then there's this other thing that looks like an IM window kind of. It looks like a text message icon or something like that. That is notifications. When somebody replies to you on the message boards, you can see that. It'll, you can go straight to that point in the thread. You can then have a conversation with them. It makes it really easy to keep up with the threads that you're active
1: in. Um The site is also it's still responsive. last site was responsive but it's better now. Uh, in, in in terms of how it adjusts for mobile uh, and especially uh, for tablets, uh, tablets, uh, we did extensive testing on uh, iPads, uh, Android tablets, Nexus Seven, Android phones, iPhones, and most things should work. Uh, we don't have every single device, and it's weird because uh, different it, the view window on Androids are different for every phone. Depending yeah. on the resolution of the screen and which orientation you hold it at, uh, so there could be some overlapping there. Uh, if you do spot a bug, just go to the forums and post it.
0: There's a sticky at the top of the forums that says "Post your bugs here." We're keeping track of that thread. Is in particular, if you have something that you think is you can't explain in a single post, then make a new thread. But for the most part, try to keep the the bugs in that one thread, and that that's helping a lot.
1: Yeah. And, and but no means is this the last revision of, of this version of tested there no. the, are the, still plenty of things on the list that didn't make the launch and that will be added uh, hopefully mm-hmm. soon
0: we've got to get Twitter integration working again um, we didn't do that because of some weird stuff that Twitter has changed recently um, I mean you can still tweet articles but you can't you don't see Jamie's and Adam's and Norm and my tweets in the, in the the on the main page anymore um, we've got to there's some like Norm said there's some mobile rendering bugs um, I feel like there's something else that I'm uh, forgetting we have
1: retina support now oh really? I didn't know we had retina support. Mm-hmm. When did That's that really happen? Nice. Uh, just yesterday. on the main icon, uh, main main logos. Oh, cool! Things that are rasterized. Um,
0: yeah, so I mean, check it out. Let us know what you think. I, I'm really pleased with how this turned out.
2: Um, it's been fun for me for the past, yeah, I don't know, four months or so to kind of just watch the design evolve and see, yeah, just see each version of where the logo is going to be placed and what's going to look like and. How the nav is going to work, and hey Norm, and when's stuff. the site going up? Yeah, the, hey Norm, when's
1: the site going up? Yeah,
0: well, I mean that it, was me, but it was one of those things that it, we wanted to make sure it was worth, it was ready, and not we didn't want to have another big buggy release. Um, a, a couple other things, there's a there's a there's a promo slot on the main nav that it goes to basically the new the whatever's new each day or if there's something live, it'll show up there. Yeah, we call it
1: the top prom. Oh, okay, you're talking about the top right. I'm talking about yeah. the top right. Yeah, so keep an eye out um, for that. We'll post podcasts and just things to keep an eye out for. Uh, also, uh, like on our old site, we um, back before March, uh, we have uh, dynamic promotion slots now. So if you see a story and you click it on the homepage oh, yeah. uh, and you go back to the homepage, it might not be there anymore. It's because you read it already or you watched the video um, and then show you something else that's new.
0: Just keep going. It'll keep going further and further back in time. Uh, and then the last thing is if you, if you like stuff, if you don't like stuff, please leave comments because, I mean, we can't we, – we, we rely on you guys for feedback and, and – um,
1: we, we are the, t- the Tinkerbell but with comments. I don't know what that means. It means if you don't post comments, we'll die. Oh, yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So we need, we need your comments to live. I
0: don't want to die. No. If, if Wes doesn't get at least 20 comments on each story, every time that happens, we cut off a finger. So we'll start with the left pinky. (laughs) It's going to make it way harder for me to write good stories. Well, you can get one of those mouth sticks and just, you know, hunt and peck West. It's the way it goes. Uh, Should we talk about some tech news? Sure. Some stuff happened this week. Technology has happened.
1: Um, Did you see that Australia cops said that Apple Maps is dangerous? Uh, They did, and Apple immediately fixed it that day. So I don't know what was the what, – what what were the examples of things that led them to say that? Well, so Australia is,
0: as we all know, the most dangerous continent per capita in the world. Yes. Um, it's full of spiders and snakes and they're all super venomous. And and also the climate is really uh, 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 particularly dangerous. It gets really hot in the summertime and Yeah, like,
1: like Carl Pickerton said, like you know how if you walk down a street and you lift up a, a big rock and underneath there's a, a bunch of ants or bugs or snakes? Mm-hmm. Australia is just one giant rock.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it um so hey thanks and thanks to everybody in australia who supports the site and you know
1: yeah they're pretty cool yeah
0: um stay safe so what happened was there were well there were a bunch of things we got a bunch of letters about it uh some people were saying that entire towns were moved 150 kilometers in a one direction or the other east north west or south that's kind of a mess up that's that's a little cool. bit a little bad um, some were saying that there were roads where there weren't roads, so you would drive off into the desert 120 kilometers and then be stranded because there's nothing at the end of the road where you thought there was going to be, you know, civilization. Um, and and while that's not necessarily a terrible thing if you think, oh, there's a gas station coming up in 20 kilometers, I'll just go to that one, could be really bad if you're in the middle of the outback and and you know you you can't take some sort of poisonous viper and use it to power your car. So, um. So a lot of that kind of stuff was the.
1: This basic is all Tom gist. Tom's fault, right?
0: Um, it, it's not necessarily all Tom Tom's fault. It could be different map provider. I don't know who the map provider is for Australia. If it's still Tom Tom, or if it's someone else.
1: Um, Name a notable. I would Australian, Australian say, cartoon villain. Uh, Mad Max. Cartoon. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't watch any Australian. So, someone
0: sinister. Um, they don't. Uh, the Mounties is a Canadian. Dudley Do Right is he Canadian? Mm, I don't. I don't think so. He's Australian. Or is he Canadian? I don't know.
2: Totally do rights, Canadian. Totally do rights. This means Canadian. there's not
1: enough Australians in mainstream media.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, I I basically got Crocodile Dundee and Mel Gibson and oh and uh, and uh, uh, the Jackman? guy who punches stuff.
1: No, the other one. Baz Luhrmann, Hugh no. Jackman, Nicole Kidman, all Australian in the movie Australia. Yeah, no, I'm thinking about uh, the guy with the tugboat who
2: goes around punching people. That's and, Russell
0: Crowe. Uh, Russell Crowe. Thank there you. you. Go. Um, he was a blue, master commander. Have You seen
2: the pictures of him from Noah, the upcoming. Derek no, Ragnostic does he movie? look like? Does he look there's, biblical? There's a shit. there's an image of him with shaved head and like giant bushy beard nice. and wearing like kind of an and what looks like an old like you know peasant kind of. Russell Crowe's kind of given up, hasn't he? Weave thing and his ch- his chest. Like above the waist is just—he's just—he's—he's a, he's a barrel-chested man. Yeah, but like times times three from and what you expect Not in Gladiator, from, a little more in Master. and commander. Dude,
0: he was pretty big in Gladiator. He, but think about the way the clothes fit. It's all like skirts and
2: and tunics, so you don't notice that he's Russell enormous. Russell Crowe kind
1: of because he does whatever he wants now.
2: Yeah, he doesn't but really care. He he totally a, just put the the old school sailor's uniform on him right now, and he would be the South Park representation of Russell Crowe. Yeah, pretty much with minus wow. the hat. Well, I said. Put the, put oh, the okay. sailor's uniform on. Okay. okay. And he's he, he in that movie, Man with uh,
1: the Golden Fist or something. Iron Fist. Isn't, yeah. he, isn't he and in? He just, it's like he's walked into that movie from another movie and said, oh, hey, I'm Russell Crowe. Let me do some awesome stuff and then walk away. Uh, he's in Les Mis, too, right? No, that's Hugh Jackman, also Australian. Uh, it says on the Wikipedia. Oh, he's the he's He the, will be he,
0: taking on the role of inspector. He's the
1: inspector. Yeah. So both Australians. Wow. There you
0: go. Hugh Jackman. I thought that was a French movie.
2: It's all lies. I liked him a lot in American Gangster a few years back. Yeah, he was, and he's great in Gladiator. No one watch that.
1: What American Gangster? I think it did fine. Oh, I'm thinking Public, public Enemies. Yeah. No one Yeah, yeah. American
0: that. Gangster is from uh, from the guy who made uh, um, a Training Day. Oh, is it Anton Spike day? Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was a follow up to Training Day. I'm thinking of something I else. American now. something else.
1: Anyway, this is not a
0: movie podcast. The yeah. upshot is, uh, Apple Maps dangerous. Awesome.
2: Russell Crowe will come and punch you in Australia. Yeah, if you, you talk get shit about Australia.
0: Um, so, I I've had problems with Apple Maps. I mean, it's it's not it's not improving, or at least it's not improving at the pace I would like. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Gabe Newell came out this week uh, in a, in a series of VGA interviews and said that Valve is actually making a Steam PC. He said, "Hey, he said we are making hardware. We are did, going did you to call make it hardware." The Steam engine? No, he didn't call it. He didn't. He didn't give it a proper noun. He just said we want to make hardware well, to print really Steam it's on. really is not that it.
1: difficult. Now the big picture mode is out of beta.
0: Yeah, and it, and it's quite good. I mean, if, if either you do... You, well, you don't have a PC in your living room, do you? Nope. Uh, Wes, I assume that means also you have not used Steam big picture mode.
2: I haven't really. I opened it up on my desktop just to see it, and was like, yeah. okay. I mean, what could they do if they made a PC that would be
1: different than... Any other vendor making a PC and put, put, putting on well, they Steam could put, on put Linux on it instead of Windows. That seems like a big mistake since they won't have any AAA games. Yeah, though. they wanted games, right? Yeah. The whole point of having PCs to have games, so they have to pay the license fee to Microsoft. And I don't think a game new one wants to wants to put Windows eight on Steam boxes. No, I would say
0: probably Windows eight on Steam boxes is pretty unlikely. I would say he's probably going to license Windows seven because you know OEMs can still put over whatever they
1: want on you just have just pay Microsoft.
0: All right, well, um. I, no timeline, nothing. Just, just confirmation of the rumor.
1: I don't think that PC gamers are going to go go out and buy
0: this. I don't think this is for PC gamers. I think this is for people who normally buy Xboxes. Well, they need I to think get
1: it, rid of the problem where if you launch a game, then DirectX needs to update. One step, one, two, three, and also you got to you know turn on uh, the the the, uh, author, uh, the have, user ID stuff.
0: So, have you used it since they? Um, well, if they if they're selling a machine, they can configure UAC however they want. Yeah, UAC because yeah. they don't give a shit about Windows certification. Clearly, yeah, you know, the only reason you, you leave UAC on the default if you're an OEM is so you get the window designed for Windows Seven logo on your on your machine. And I don't think they really care. So I, I think the thing the 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 DirectX stuff is much better of late. The places the thing I have found is that the games that have a full control pad on them, like the fully like I don't know if you've used it since they added. The um, the you know the this, I'm sure this stuff is supported. This stuff isn't game, supported. Things are fine. No, no, no. Listen, they they've in the last month and a half probably they added a series of rankings for is this game controller support? How does this sure. game support the controller? There's partial. There's none, and there's full. And a lot of games that say it doesn't support the controller actually work. You just have to get up to click through some stupid splash screen okay.
1: or no, uh, so whatever. So, how, how does that help Valve, though? I mean, are, do your publishers incentivize then to improve controller support to get higher rankings? They're selling a list? box,
0: yeah. I mean, I th- if people if they can show, hey, people are using using this uh, service, you think they would sell it at a loss? Uh, I I don't have any idea. I mean, I, here's the thing. Remember the Phantom.
1: Yeah, yeah, So the Phantom was
0: out. at the time a like a Pentium, slow Pentium 4 with a shitty mid-range graphics card um, running a version of Windows and a custom UI with a custom like lapboard controller, part keyboard, part mouse. It was a bad idea at the time because the hardware was really shit that they were running it on. A G, it was a GeForce 5700 which was a first gen uh, either DirectX 8 or I think it was a DirectX 9 that was really a DirectX 8 part um, and it couldn't run games at any kind of appreciable frame rate. I think that we're at a time now where the mid-range, where a mid-range $500 PC can actually play games at TV resolutions without problems. And that's that'll happen for the foreseeable future, at least until ne- we see what next-gen consoles turn out. And if the rumors we see about the next Xbox and the next PS3 are true, then mid-range graphics and mid-range CPU is what they're going to ship with. So, it's not it's not like there's going to be a performance gap at the end of this generation between PCs and, X- and consoles. It's it's literally, hey, this is a custom PC that Microsoft built. Here's one that P- Sony built. Why can't
2: Valve make one too? So many games are cross-platform now too that I think the, the controller support on games on Steam is pretty expected now. People get pissed when a game doesn't support a controller. Yeah. Like even people who would probably choose keyboard, mouse most of the time um, like, like when Mass Effect 3 came out, it was pretty inexcusable uh, how... I like, didn't buy the PC version yeah, because it how didn't have limited. controller support. It was just ridiculous that it came from a console version with controller support and the PC version didn't have it. Infinity um, Ward does the same thing. So the Infinity Ward
0: Call of Duty games don't have controller support. The Treyarch
2: ones do. And yeah. I, I think that's going to just continue trending towards just yeah. everything... Just using the same exact controller uh-huh. support from Xbox. Well, there's a time and place for everything, but if I don't know if you've played XCOM
0: with the controller, but it actually works. Like I, I find you are a little bit faster with the mouse and keyboard, but I'd much rather sit back in my recliner in the living room with the big TV and play some XCOM than be 3% faster on a single-player turn-based game where it doesn't matter how fast you are. Well, different yeah. strokes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Eric Schmidt says that Google is winning the war against Apple... This is the war that Microsoft lost, and the number cited was that they are acting, activating 1.3 million phones a day.
2: Yeah, they've, they've said that. There's no surprise. Yeah. I don't they, think Microsoft was ever really in that war. No. Uh, every they were time, in the other war.
1: Every time uh, they talk, you know, Eric Schmidt does a big talk or people from Facebook or, um, or Apple, anytime they're at conferences. And I think Eric Schmidt was at the Computer History Museum last two months ago uh, with this long talk. Uh, about his career and his history, um, they talk about the Big Four, and the Big Four is Google, Apple, Amazon, right. and Facebook. And the fact that there are four is very interesting because they all do whoa. different services. But yeah, the, and also Microsoft is never at the table, and literally not a table. Like when Barack Obama came around, and invited all, everyone from Silicon Valley to a dinner. It was Mark Zuckerberg and well, Microsoft in Redmond. Right, but no one, no, he, they never got the invite. I'm
0: sure Mike I'm sure Balmer has had dinner with with Obama if he wants to have dinner with Obama.
1: I don't know about that. You don't I, think so? I, I mean part Microsoft of our dinner employs
0: like 80,000 people,
1: dude. I'm sure if Balmer really wanted a dinner with Obama, he could have one. Yeah. Um but if it was an invite that was sent out and he wasn't on the list, he wasn't on the list. Well, that's definitely that's definitely true.
0: But Microsoft's not really a Silicon Valley. I mean they they have offices down here, but I I don't think anybody's ever considered them a Silicon Valley company.
1: The interesting thing about those four companies—about Google, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook—is they all do very different things, but they're all competing with each other. They all are competing, and they're all kind of getting closer. Their Venn diagrams are overlapping more and more, increasingly. But at the same time, they are all—each of them—are still very reliant on the other services. So people love shopping on Amazon. Some people, a lot of people, love using Facebook. People love Google search and Gmail and a lot of people love Apple products. The interesting thing to me is that they they all have a Google has a
0: massive number of users. You know, every everybody in the Western world uses Google
1: Yeah. You can't at least have, once or twice a day. You can't use the products and services of one if they omitted all the others. Like you can't use Explain. you couldn't use an iPhone if Apple decided to say we're going to sell the iPhone, but we're not going to have any support for Facebook or Amazon or Google. Then people wouldn't, wouldn't buy the iPhone. Right. You couldn't, you couldn't use Google if Google said, "Uh, you can use Google, but we would not let you go on Amazon.com or on Facebook." People, people would, people would flip out. Yeah, flip out. Same with There'd Facebook. Same with Amazon.
0: I think um, Facebook, to a much lesser extent, though. I mean, Facebook is, Facebook
1: is the well, you, of the, those things. Facebook is peripheral. But fa- Facebook couldn't, Facebook couldn't say, "You know, use Facebook, but we're not going to let you use it on mobile phones." Well, that's against Facebook's best interest. Exactly. Right. That's, that's, the, that's the whole point. But the difference against but, all their interests. But it
0: it is in Apple's best interest to say, hey, you can't use you can't buy stuff from Amazon on on an iPhone or a Mac. Like no, it, they just want they just want to cut. Well, yes, they want to cut. But I mean, if you if, if Apple said, hey, you
1: can't use Amazon from Safari on your on your on your Mac, it's, it's the same as Facebook saying, hey, you can't use Facebook on an iPhone. They would never do that same as Amazon saying, hey, you can't read Kindle well, they anywhere can't, else. Yeah, they're not going to do that. Yeah, they're not going to. None of those companies, because they all rely, they know that these other forces companies are so strong, and they're so embedded in the way people use technology on the internet, that they couldn't, they can't well, live without for kind them of Amazon. now. I, I, Amazon increasingly, as if Amazon disappeared, or if Amazon was blocked from Google, blocked from iPhones, blocked from you know, Facebook yeah. sharing, it, it would be terrible. Uh, for Amazon, well, of course. Um, but you could say, I think you could say that for Microsoft, though. Like, what what is the is one essential Microsoft product aside from Windows? I like, guess Windows is the only thing.
0: Well, the Xbox, but it's not an essential. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. But
1: Windows on desktop, and but all their other Office for biz- I mean, we we don't use
0: Office because of the way we use like, word yep. processors and spreadsheets and stuff. But but most businesses continue to use Office if they, especially in. I mean, maybe not in. Maybe they don't issue Excel to everyone in the organization, but definitely the accountants and the and the and the and that leads the people that need spreadsheets. Yeah, to
1: Office on iOS, which is pretty much
0: confirmed. Well, its support pages have shown up on Microsoft's support website. Right, that's the latest. The latest leak,
1: very explicit, explicitly Office for
0: iOS. It's interesting because at the same time, Apple has been adding support for outside stuff to Pages. And numbers because you I mean, can. Who uses Pages? Well, you can sync to Dropbox now. Oh y- y- yes. I yeah. mean that that suddenly makes Pages something I would use.
1: But why not Google Drive then?
0: Uh, because Google Drive, up until the last several weeks, hasn't been as good on on phones and on iPad oh, writing and, uh, and tablet. Yeah, R- if you're writing. actually using it to create, it's not a. It's a, it's great for viewing, mm-hmm. and it's great for making small changes. It's a little bit tricky to do big edits to. Uh, although the Google Drive app is quite good. I mean, I, I think that that, has, that is progressing in a, in a way that's uh, that that's not going to be a problem six months from now.
2: How much of a bite really has, has Google Docs and Google Drive now taken out of the office market, you think? I, I, it's hard. I don't know that anybody can quantify that
1: because I don't know that there's numbers um, about Google. I, I think significant in education and small business. Yeah, if you, if you look. Because f- it used to be that Microsoft got a ton of their office revenue from students yeah. and the deals from schools, you know, that students could buy Office to, the, for a discount. It's subsidized right. and schools pay. But now most students, many students, uh, are using Google Docs. Well, the fact that say.
0: they introduced the Home and, stu- home and Student Edition, uh, which previously, before that, you had to either have a school that had a site license that you could buy into or you, you paid $400 like everyone else. That was the first mark. The other thing is that Google Apps annou- the Google announced their revenue on Google Apps, uh, which is more than a billion dollars. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a fairly significant amount of money. And you have to assume that that money has come at the expense of Office,
1: because that's really the only other. And, and also now Google sees. Uh, I mean, the reason Gmail is free is because they can use it to serve you ads. Uh, and I, it, I think at this point the reason Gmail is free is so that you
0: spend time in the ecosystem, so that you're there. Sure. So you have a Google account. So you have a Google account that is that is because otherwise so you don't you need a Google account.
1: If uh if you're just Google searching. It definitely helps if you have a Google account. Right. Um if you're searching, but creating a Gmail is the first thing you do to have a Google account and then you're second Google Calendars. They don't make money off Google Calendars with ads. And all those apps, they want to charge money for them. Yeah, and,
0: and just to be clear, you can still turn off ads in in Gmail. Like that's not that is a thing that if you flip the switch in the settings, you will not see the little context ads that go at the top. I think maybe you see them at the bottom, but I don't I feel like my Gmail doesn't ever have ads. Hmm. Um it could also be because I'm doing something else that would prevent ads from being displayed on Gmail, but we won't talk about that. The, um, yeah, I, I think they do that because once you have the account signed up, then it's much easier to get you into Google Docs and and Plus and all the other stuff that they want you to actually do.
2: I'm really curious if Microsoft Plus. has kind of lost its it's lost its essential you know business product with Office becoming less relevant. I mean, obviously they're still making money off of it, but it's not. It's not what it was pre-Google Docs.
0: Well, it's not a monopoly.
2: Yeah, and they're kind of losing some some traction with Windows 8. I mean, we don't really know how that's going to go with the Surface Pro and, you know, two or three years from now, will it have been kind of another Vista or will it, you know, do okay? But what what can they do to get back in the game, imagining, like, ten years down the road, Balmer is out and there's some, somebody new is in charge. Like, what... What can Microsoft do to compete against Google and Apple? Well, I think a lot of what they're doing with the live Office stuff, I mean, you can use
0: Office for free on the web. It's a kind of stripped down, but it works really well, and it syncs with the desktop versions for use as it works. So it gives you a lot of the benefits that you have with Google Docs. I think that's the, the first step. Um, I think the fact that they launched Outlook.com and set up really explicit ways that you can connect that to your Gmail and use that as the front end for your Gmail account is very telling. I think that's something Microsoft probably wouldn't have done five five, or even three years ago. But they're not selling it as that. Um, they, well, if you they say should. So when they, we signed up not. before it went live, it had a different sign-up process than it does now. When you create an account now, you get a little bit of a different prompt and it says, hey, do you have a Hotmail or Gmail or like Yahoo if, Mail if they or whatever? Sold,
1: yeah, if they sold Outlook as like a Sparrow, where use use. You mean, use uh, we're this. talking about Outlook.com. Outlook.com. Yeah. I'm saying if they sold it as if like a Sparrow for web. And use this because it's a better interface than Gmail, but yeah. you can keep your Gmail address. Uh, more people would use it.
0: Well, and then the other thing is when they roll things out like Outlook.com and the desktop client doesn't really support it very well, or even the features that make it unique. Then that stuff like that, just because they're so kind of monolithic and slow, they they don't they don't move fast enough. Like they there should have been an Outlook release that worked specifically with Outlook.com that went live the same day Outlook.com went live. And they, they haven't done that. Because if you look at your email signatures from people who send you email, bajillions of people still use Outlook, which is almost incomprehensible to me. And uh, I I haven't, baj-
1: millions it. of people still use you know MSN yeah. and Internet Explorer. And Internet Explorer 10, they had that whole new advertising campaign. I mean, they still have their core products and they're still iterating on them. Uh, and, and you know they're sp- still spending a ton of money on Bing, on Bing Maps. Um, it, it, they're just going forward. The thing, the thing I would always, I
0: always say is, I mean, you shouldn't count Microsoft out because they have a whole boatload of money. They have, like I said, eighty or ninety thousand employees. There are a lot of, I mean, we know a bunch of people who work at Microsoft, and they are not dumb people. No. Um, there are. It seems like there are probably some cultural problems that prevent good ideas maybe from percolating up at the speed at which they would at other places um but but i mean i i think you know if you look at the products that they've been successful with i have no doubt that when they if if they choose to release a surface 2 if they have not tainted that brand so badly with the with the shit rt versions then
2: it'll be a actually probably pretty good product it seems like from the branding within windows 8 and windows phone that the next xbox might be a really pivotal thing for them just oh, by uh, how much they have made the Xbox name synonymous with kind of their, their gaming media support which across hilarious. platforms.
1: If you look at, you know, 10 years ago and the original Bill Gates Xbox was launch. releasing the Xbox and it just looked like a dude who did not know what industry he was getting into with a bulky box and they did it the Microsoft way and it worked.
0: Yeah, well, they did it – the, but in this case, the Microsoft way was doing what everybody else is doing and then taking – basically, they had one feature that was really good online and better than anybody else and that people were really interested in. So they had – they predicted the, – the, the way this works is – and this is what Apple's done really well for the last 10 years. They predicted the future. They put themselves out in front of what, where, the, where people were going to be. At the right time. Three years in advance because, At- I mean, they launched Xbox Live 10 years ago, but Xbox Live didn't take off until the 360 launched. I mean it it was popular with niche with with core gamers people like us but it wasn't something that that you know rappers were they they had people standing on stage talking about how awesome it was to play Madden and shit on the Xbox that yeah, were celebrities
2: Halo 2 is kind of a landmark moment but you're still talking about just like a couple million two or 3 million or something like that, that, that yeah that was a
0: core experience pretty
2: yeah pretty insignificant all right. told I think really the the first Xbox was actually just from a like from a design standpoint. I mean, it was ugly, but what they put in that box was actually smarter than what they ended up doing the 360 because they ended up causing themselves so many headaches with the the various types of hard drives that things support, and then games had to be able to to run on a system without without a hard drive or with a hard drive. And like the first Xbox was kind of unique in that it had good kind of pc hardware and a hard drive and, and it was out of the box yeah and, and like out of the box at work everybody had like really good hardware to run games on and a hard drive to store data on and that's something this console generation with various storage sizes has really kind of struggled with as they tried to figure out oh digital downloads are a big deal but we don't have enough storage space and well, and the, the other thing
0: that they've done is they took advantage by taking advantage of we're not just talking about online games, they also took advantage of the ability to patch games on day one, which everybody hates. but you know they, they built an arch- architecture that uses uh, app diff- diffs, game diffs. so instead of downloading a three-gig three patch like you do on the Wii U or the Sony or the PlayStation, you download a, an eight-meg thing and it just changes the files that and, it, that and matter. their
1: certification, their walled garden experience, for better or worse, does deliver at least a consistent experience. Yeah. For all their users. Yeah. I mean
0: patching buying games on Xbox is easier than anything except for Steam. And that's that's really quite telling, I think.
2: And although there are a lot of things on the, the back end of that that game developers have complained about oh. a lot, how much money they charge for right. updates and the difficulty of that process. Well, which, and the fact that you can't find the games on
0: the console now because they're pushing videos and music and all sorts of other garbage now, yeah. too. Um it, like it's not it's not been perfect. But I think that they've done a pretty good job of, of figuring out what
2: people want and putting it out there two years in advance, but which it, is the I, secret. I think it's going to be interesting to see what how the brand changes with whatever the next Xbox is, the seven hundred and twenty yeah. or whatever, and specifically how that affects the Windows eight implementation of Windows games or Xbox games or whatever so, they so call what are, it.
0: Well, but the weird thing is, it's like even though the modern Metro design style. Is is ubiquitous at Microsoft now? It's on all the all of their core products except for Office, I guess. Um, it still doesn't feel cohesive. Windows Eight and Windows Phone feel cohesive. Xbox feels like it's it's like the the weird bastard cousin of those two things. The
2: interface sucks. I think it's it's not good. It's so it's so ad heavy, and they have consistently made it just harder to navigate to the things that you actually want. Well, but the question is, are the things that you actually want what most of the people actually want? And,
0: and, and I mean at some point they're going to have to give people a custom customization tools for that stuff or assuming Sony or Nintendo eventually gets better at the other side of it. I'm really interested more than anything else to see if Sony's learned lessons from, from this generation of the Xbox and if they're going to – because if you look at the, the XMB, it is not quite but essentially unchanged from the launch of the PS3 to today – I think we've been through what like eight Xbox Dash updates that significantly changed the design. Maybe seven. I can't remember. Yeah, the, the
2: XMB has changed in like functionality of the console firmware, but in terms of like the navigation itself, yeah. it's the same. They
0: add much. new things to that every year, but it's not it's not a significant com- cosmetic upgrade. Um,
2: anyway,
1: we're we're way off the track here. I, yeah, Microsoft. Two years. Two two years from now, what do we want? And what what is does the company to do to be? I mean, we could tell. Ten years ago, we wanted online SPC gamers. We wanted online consoles, yeah. and they did that. So, what do we want in consoles or from products in general two years from now that we that no company is doing?
0: Um, well, I mean the download the downloads being able to buy stuff without leaving the house is really compelling. I mean, it, it just did so like day all one, your games. I mean, every game. the The perfect world is Steam, right? This is this is they figured it out. They have, you have, you're buying a digital locker. So you buy a game on Steam. It goes in your digital locker. You log into any Steam computer. It works. There's no worrying about how many authorizations you have. There's no. It's locked to this console like it is to the Wii, which is insane. And 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 that actually is a pretty good experience. And and Microsoft no, gets that too because you get when you buy downloaded stuff from Microsoft, yep. more or less, it's a digital locker. Um, I I think I I mean. I don't know that there's a huge leap forward. I think that the the ability to share stuff that you're shoot that you're, that you're creating in game, you share your experiences. Like when you play a game like Skyrim or uh, oblivion or uh far cry three and weird, crazy shit happens, I would, I, I always want to be able to take a video and blast that video to YouTube. But the, the equipment that you need to do that today is, is a hassle. It's switch TV. That's
1: why it's built in the games like planet side. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, but, I mean, they need to keep a rolling buffer of the last 20 minutes or whatever. So you can just say, okay, boom, hit this button, save this, we'll post sounds it to like YouTube a, later. Sounds
1: like a much better use of the, the cloud stuff that OnLive was trying to do aside from actual cloud gaming.
0: Yeah, it's well, it, it is because when we had the, the the OnLive demos, that was always the part that was cool. The the idea that you had a constantly running stream of what you were playing and you could share that with people in the in the world. Um, I just, I, you just want
1: to share outside of OnLive yeah, Sur- service. Yeah, of
0: course. Um, I I don't, I I mean, I honestly don't know that there's another quantum leap forward, you know, because if you look at the online stuff, making consoles online took two generations to get right, still not perfect. And that was a huge, that was, that was the, the last huge leap. I don't know.
1: I mean, I don't think 3D is any matters at all. I think they should be designing with the idea that assuming the incredible significant upgrades in bandwidth. So, you know, use, use, you know, one gigabyte. Yeah. 1 gigabit connections as a standard. And then what can you do with that as opposed to trying to, you know, design for a 5 megabit connection? Yeah.
2: I think if a game launched on Steam and the Windows 8 store or whatever it's called and the next Xbox had total cross compatibility uh with like, obviously, not every game. There will be console exclusive, PC exclusives, but especially a lot of the indie games that are kind of designed like in XNA and the Microsoft or ecosystem, Unity or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they work on both platforms. If you could buy a game in the Windows 8 store and have cloud saves and just total cross compatibility with your PC and your Xbox, um, I think that would be. So a, you're saying instead of buy a game, you license essentially on each platform. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't either, but. I think that would be one way to get people to buy something not on Steam but on the windows eight store. that's true like, that's, that's a way to get people in, micro- in the Microsoft ecosystem if it is useful on more than one device, yeah. which is something we have for a lot of movies and music, but not games so much
1: and even for movies it's not that great that's true yeah It's yeah. fine for streaming movies so microsoft it's, it's on them, hopefully that they will get through their their bureaucracy problems. Well, and- their process problems and uh and make good products again or make consistently
0: well the other thing is if microsoft is iterating every year if they're releasing new windows every 12 months or six months whatever then the then then the 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 downside of taking a chance like they did with windows 8 with a brand new ui that's going to be super controversial and some people are going to like some people aren't enterprise isn't going to adopt or is going to adopt whatever the chan- the risk for that goes way down because then you get on a TikTok cycle and you can take a big chance. You can refine it. People can choose to update every other year, and it and it all works out. I mean that that's that is a super important consideration.
1: Yeah, and, and you know from all indications they are selling a good number of Windows phones. Uh, it could be price. Yeah, uh, Windows Phone Eight is. I was talking That's about good. Windows, Windows, not Windows. I know, Windows. but both. But yeah, yeah it applies there to other, both. Other businesses too. Uh, they're selling, selling a good number of Windows 8 licenses and they're selling a good number of Windows 8 uh, – phone 8 phones. Um, twice as many as last year. Well, uh, twice
0: as many as yeah. nothing is still uh, – because remember last year they didn't have the 920 the, – the 900 out, 910, whatever, the first big Lumia in the U.S. Um so it was a i assume last year they're was kind not of a they're, slow they're, year they're not for Windows not fun. selling at all right that's that is the that is and I, mean, I think if they the, by the by going after a lower end market at the stores they've done
1: they probably and they also announced that they're going to sell surface at um at other retailers you don't have to go to a microsoft store yeah well those um, kiosks are
0: all over the place have you been i, I saw one the, in the West pop up the, yeah, the pop the pop up in they Westfield did, they did
1: that on the night before um, Windows 8 launch. Yes. Uh, to somewhat surface. And I'm sure that's going to go away. People in the Bay Area have written about going to that kiosk specifically and their experiences there. Um, Were their experiences I, positive or negative, Norm? Uh, you know, largely negative. It's hard to believe. Um, but I'm sure those people are also going with the intent looking for a negative experience um, and also obviously to compare it to the Apple experience. Right. It's weird. I think you could also buy Halo at the kiosk. Oh, I like Halo. Yeah, yeah, you can pretty good if you didn't want to wait. Go to a you know go get directly from Microsoft, and want to go to a GameStop. You can, it's like thirty five or forty bucks online right now oh. on like Best Buy or something. Even better. That's that's even better. Um, uh, th- those kiosks are going to go away. I, I, I think their their aggressive store um, strategy being aggressive meaning that they're putting their stores across from Apple stores. It's good, uh, but the actual stores inside, I, I don't know what you would buy there. Surface or Halo. Yeah, so Maybe a copy they, of Office. They don't. Do, there used to be that Microsoft Store in the Metreon. Yeah. a decade ago, and they sold, you know, phones. Tons of accessories. They had some cool, uh, sure. you know, the PC gaming stuff there. I don't know if I would um, call it cool PC gaming stuff, but they, they had side joysticks and game pads, and yeah, and the, back when Microsoft Game Studios was publishing PC games, they had a kiosk for that stuff there. Yeah, but it, they didn't have the
0: stuff that, like in the Sony store where you had the kind of weird Japanese future tech stuff, like 3D goggles and
1: well, robot that was dogs Sony store and all and that. All that. I'm just saying, store. yeah, no, no, no. It's they, like, they don't have that. They didn't have that stuff, and that's why there's no Microsoft store back in Metreon. But the new Microsoft stores. They sell Windows. I guess they could help you. They sell Windows PCs there. Yeah. So it's just like a Best Buy curated by Windows Microsoft. It's, it's it's yeah it's a
0: marketing exercise. And the, the weird thing about the Microsoft stores for me is that when Apple launched the Apple stores, they had they had products that were best in class. And they were selling like they were they were selling shitloads of iPods and, and shitloads of accessories and shitloads of accessories. And there was a whole weird ecosystem growing up around iPod cases. I don't, I don't, you guys probably don't. I mean, I'm sure you remember actually. But when you bought an iPod, there were five million different cases, and everybody was making weird little cases for your. You could get a perfectly customized experience that exactly suited your desires and, for how to protect yeah. your iPod Nano or Mini or full size or whatever. And that's the case with the iPhone. It is. Um, it seems like Apple's going away from that though, because they're not selling their own cases anymore.
1: Uh, I don't know. I I, I, I do and, I have not thought about that enough to okay. form an we'll, opinion so about the about Apple case the and whether Apple's moving away from cases. Um, uh, but Microsoft stores, like aside from you know, if you wanted to buy a laptop and you try to go to Microsoft store to compare all the touch laptops. Well, the kiosk didn't have that many laptops. It had a bunch of surfaces. Yeah, I mean, and primarily a couple cell surfaces. And a Nokia phone and HTC and I guess when, Yeah, when, and when Windows phones. Yeah. I guess it is the, the best place to check out all the Windows phones if, you're, if you want to compare you know, an 8 to Nokia to, to yeah. Samsung.
0: If you don't want to get the bias of the guy at the cell phone store, but instead want somebody who's going to be really pro-Microsoft, you should go to the kiosk. If you want to f- talk to the sales guy and find out what he gets the most commission on, you can go to the cell phone store. Otherwise, go to places like the Wirecutter, or test tested, and read reviews, and, and make your own decision. And then go just just feel them. Touch them. Good luck love them. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, Twitter added photo filters this week. I think that this is super interesting.
1: Has anyone used? To, I have not used a Twitter photo filter. They, I think they kind of missed the point of the photo filters. What was the point of the photo filter? I... I to tart
0: up your photos. Yeah. To make your shitty photos look a little more shitty and awesome at the same
1: time. So what, what were the filters? Do they not do that? Um, they're, they're
0: the same filters is the problem, as I saw it. Like, I'm not a filter expert, but the Twitter filters I looked at looked like they were lifted straight from Instagram or Hipstamatic or any of the other filter apps.
1: They so, don't do anything special. Okay, so these filters, I presume... Are only when you want to take a picture. It's when you take a picture using the Twitter app. You go into the Twitter app and you take a picture, I guess. Yes. I don't have the updated app yet because I
0: don't see filters. No, you have to update the app. It came out yesterday, I think. Maybe okay. the day before.
1: Uh, is there. Because Instagram. Yes. Instagram is good for sharing. It's an easy way to share as a social network. I, like It's a replacement for Path, which also had photo filters. Yeah. Um, but people, even photographers, mm-hmm. like Instagram's filters because. They, a lot of work went into those filters.
0: They're they're they relatively d- smart. They're not just shitty Photoshop filters.
1: Um, yeah. And for example, like the black, even the black and white filters, uh, and also the Lux thing they do to to blow up contrast because it looks good on uh, a Retina screen. Yeah. Um, I
0: mean, Instagram filters LCD are screen. tuned for they screens. Yes,
1: they are tuned for high resolution, bright, vibrant screens. Um, so Twitter filters don't do that.
0: Um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna open it up and I'll take a picture and I'll show you. Uh, take photo or video. Hello, Norman, Jan and Wesley Fenland. This is a great segment. I apologize in advance. Use, and it says uh, Twitter would like to access your photos, and then you get this guy right here, this little edit thing, and at the bottom you have color like there's color filters, and then there's these other Twitter these other filters, but none of them. Like when you look at the Instagram filters, they always look pretty good because
1: they have all have fancy names.
0: Well, it's not even because they have fancy names; it's just that they make they may make your picture
1: look look worse. Of, uh, you know, from a from a very numeric. Some have vignetting, some don't. Some have weird overlays for fake lensing. Yeah, but l- just look at the filters; they're not like this. Is just this just looks shitty? What's that called?
0: Vintage. That's vintage. That's pretty shitty. That does yeah. look shitty.
1: Yeah. like they all look they all look a little bit shitty. Maybe they're finding out that creating filters isn't so easy. I'm I'm not sure that I, I agree this one's with gritty. The
2: all Instagram filters look pretty good. No, no. Generalization, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the thumbnails at least make it look
0: like you've done something cool. Like they are they are if you if you're just looking at a snap very low level you're like, "Oh yeah. I don't, I always really want let's make everything purple. That's cool. Why not?" The other thing that's good about Instagram is what you said, Norm, the sharing. You you have a friends list. You can see photos. You can filter photos by who posted them. And you can just browse the photos.
1: Yeah, does anyone actually go into like a Twitter uh, your a Twitter profile page and check the photos? You can't really. You can a little bit, but only on the website. On, on the website, on someone's – only the photos they've posted using the various services or Twitter is hosting. Uh, but yeah, no one actually does that.
0: Yeah. So my mine are here, but it doesn't
2: expose it very well. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. Twitter added photo filters. I want a filter that taps into uh, one of those facial recognition APIs and just make that mustache Chrome extension yeah. or oh, something that'd be similar. Awesome so just everyone. just every photo you know, that's, you, that you post be a, that's, just be like a mustache. So we should, should edit or, that out. That's a
0: billion dollar idea. Or a uh, just like mustache kiss, grams. kissify Stash. every every,
2: person in every photo you ever take.
0: Um. Speaking of Flickr photos and filters and photo sharing and Instagram, uh, Yahoo released a brand new Flickr app this morning. And for the first time since apps were introduced on iOS five years ago now, it doesn't suck ass.
1: And also they did release a mail app. So this is uh, Marissa Meyer's uh, folk emphasis on product. Her yeah, expertise in and experience in developing product and product experiences, and I'm rooting for Yahoo. It's a, a, a well, they're in a unique position because they they could be the glue that holds the other four services together. Uh, so the way Marissa Meyer explained it um, in this interview she did um, recently was they they went to Yahoo and they asked first of all they gave everyone all the Yahoo uh, employees whatever phone they wanted, so whether it was iPhone, iPhone 5, Android, or Android, whatever, a significant number of them use iPhone. I think she uses iPhone as well. Um, I think they were all Blackberries before, right? Wasn't that the corporate issue if you got a phone I, from I the company? So. Yeah, so they all got new phones. No wonder they were perfect dying. Perfect expen- expenditure. And then they did like a, a big poll of what are the things that people do f- on their phones. Because mobile is where Yahoo wants to be.
0: Yeah, mobile it uh, turns mobile out. Mobile
1: is, is huge. Uh, what are the things that people uh, want to do when they first wake up? What are the things they do on their phone? So You check, check your email. Check your email. You check your social networks. Check your social network. Okay, check. Uh, browse the web. Maybe browse the web. Take a photo. Would you take a photo when you're laying in bed on the phone? I'm saying on your phones in general. Oh, like the things
0: that you do on your phones. Yeah, well, in,
1: in order. You know? Yeah, it's
0: it's got to be email, social networks, texting,
1: photos, read calls. news, read yeah. news more specifically. Check sports. I like sports. Right? People love sports. Um, and it turns out that Yahoo does all those things. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, actually, does, Yahoo Sports is really good, much better. And Yahoo News, even though it's the same a, a feed as, like you know, from AP and Reuters, as what Google News does, yeah, it's actually curated and, and presented in By a nicer way. By human beings, way. yeah. You
0: don't have weird stories pop up all. There was a story I, I, about Google that on News the Atlantic. Is terrible.
1: Today. I don't know about terrible, but it's not great.
0: Um, okay, so this is these are the first. Pa- have you installed Flickr? Are you a Flickr user still? Or no, uh, no. I, did you did you ever pay for Flickr? I never or? paid for. I
1: had a free account. That was it.
0: So I paid for Flickr for a long time because my photos are hostage and I couldn't be bothered to get a, bothered to get them off. And also, I think I paid for five years of Flickr at once because I got a really good deal about five four and a half years ago if I had to guess. Um, the new app is good. The new app is what I have been looking for in a Flickr app for a really long time and they and they weren't able to actually accomplish it um, because of the weird Yahoo basically when they made Flickr a shift from using Flickr IDs to log in to Yahoo IDs to log in. They added a whole bunch of other security stuff that went with that because once once you had the Yahoo IDs involved, it had to work with two factor and it had to be super secure because of all the mail and calendar and all the other stuff that people associate with that. So the long story short is you couldn't have like an easy login and have something that just uploads all your photos to Flickr as you take them on the phone.
1: Is your like Yahoo login a Yahoo at yahoo.com or can it be like, it's a username. It's, it's a username or is it like, cause you can create a Yahoo account using a Gmail account. Uh, yeah, you can use an email address just like you can with with Live. Yeah, mine I, I is like just a that. username. I like I like services where creating an account, you can use an email address as your login. But when you do that, you know what happens, right? Well, you, you don't want you because then also you have, have y- then you have
0: Yahoo, then you have at, at Yahoo.com or something really dopey. Well, I never use that. Well,
2: right, but then I never forget the login. That's true because I always know. My email I address. have one password, so I never forget the long login. So Flickr had an iOS app before this, it was just bad.
0: Really, really bad. Um, it was a way to browse the photos you already had. You could kind of upload photos, but it was, it was, uh, it was, the deli- I, in fairness, I haven't used it in probably two years. So it wasn't, it wasn't something, it wasn't Instagram level of easy for uploading photos to the
1: internet. But which you don't is want what the, the, but you, okay. So increasing number of Flickr users are, uh, cell phone uploads.
0: All, yeah, the number one, fo- the number number one, one camera
1: on F- Flickr has been the iPhone since the iPhone had iPhone a camera. iPhone 5, number two is probably iPhone yeah. 4S. Uh, I don't like that because I would rather there be more. I, I mean, 500 pixels is great, but I, Flickr is just a huger, uh, larger dat- database. And I would rather we see more... Quality nicer, photos. ...nicer photos with real cameras.
0: Well, but the, the benefit of having a massive user base is that the the 1% of good photos flick, float to the top of the of the the chud photos. So if you
1: browse through... T- top photos. Yeah, so you categories. can actually
0: browse by contacts now. So you see all you know because the neat thing about Flickr was it was one of the first social apps. You had friends, you had a contact list. You can actually browse through your friends' photos on the phone. Which good God, how did this take so long? Um, you can post photos of your own. You can tag them. You can post them to Twitter and Facebook. When you post it to Facebook, instead of just uploading a shitty low res Facebook photo, it just. Posts the short one and links back to the
1: Flickr page. My feeling is that a lot of hardcore Flickr users are not like this. Uh, people who use Flickr in a way where they see it as a repository, as an archive, as a, yeah. a curated. Um, like a lot of professional library, photographers use that as a way to share photos with clients. Don't want, may not want to have Flickr be a stream of, you know, like a Facebook stream of photos. I'm
0: going to tell you a secret. I don't think Flickr cares about I don't think those people. Care. I, I mean, I think them. that they will do what they need to to keep them. I think that those people are probably already satisfied. I think that they want to get more people because cause the benefit of having Flickr, like Flickr missed a couple of things. They missed the app early on. like They missed the ability to upload photos from the iPhone because they didn't think that those cameras were going to be worth taking pictures with. Uh, they missed, and they couldn 't work out the login issues. They missed the ability to send an email link you know you know how you can post a YouTube video, make it unlisted, and send the link, and anybody can look at it even if they 're lo- not logged in. Yep. they missed that so like if you 're posting pictures of your kid you don 't want to put them on the internet for everyone to see. You just want to send a private link to the grandparents, but the grandparents can 't figure out how to fucking sign into Flickr or make a friend make you a friend. Like that kind of core stuff is how they lost the normal people. Instagram doesn't offer that either. You can't post pictures on Instagram to just friends or just family, as as far as I know, right? No, you can do that on on Google Plus. You can do that on Path, mm-hmm. but you can't. And you can do it on Flickr, but you can't. And you can do it on Facebook, I guess. But it's hard to figure out how to do on Facebook. Um, like all of that stuff is is core to the Flickr experience. You can say, do I want to send this to friends? Do I want to send it to family? Do I want to send it to contacts? Or do I want to put it open for everyone on the web? And you can categorize people in a, in a one to many way. So I can say that Norm is a friend, but Norm doesn't have to say I'm a friend in order for him to be able to see my pictures. It, 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 it was, it was really way ahead of its time. And then they missed mobile entirely. Um so the Flickr app coming out is a is a potentially really huge deal, especially as Twitter and Instagram are having a pissing match over over really stupid stuff. Good timing. Yeah, worked out well. Um I don't know anybody who uses Yahoo Mail, so I haven't downloaded that app yet, but I assume it's probably better than it was before. I don't know. Safe bet, I yeah. imagine. Um
1: let's see what else do we talk about? Uh, Apple television rumors. Uh, so these are the rumors that say that Apple has been testing design, different designs. And that, uh, not, I, I, no, I, surprise. Sure no surprise. No surprise. I'm sure they have dozens of TV mocks and I'm sure they've done it for products. They never intended to release to market they, just they, a d- design. Uh,
0: multiple times. They've said that they spend multiple millions of dollars a year building shit that they never intend to make just to see how people like it. Yeah. yeah. See how it tests. Um, I mean, we did. We have heard a couple of people say next March, which makes sense now that there's no probably no iPad event next March. Unless they do six-month update
2: cycles, product based cycles. I don't think
0: they can get away with six-month product update cycles without people losing their minds. Are you sure about that? No, I'm not. But I don't think they can.
2: I, I agree. I don't think they're going to... I think they're, they're going yearly on the iPad. They just wanted to shift it to holiday where yeah. people want to buy them. That makes sense. That makes it, a lot th- of th- sense. Th- that,
1: makes, that does make sense from our perspective. And then your TikToks are two years...
0: Uh, the only exception would be if they decide that they think they can sell an iPad mini with a retina screen for more money. Because that's a relatively new product.
1: Or if they can't sell an iPad retina screen for the same amount of money. Right. the counter. Right.
0: Um, so anyway, yeah, the, the but it's the fact that they're testing prototypes, like you said, Norm, they, they build a ton of prototypes for everything. I mean, when we've seen – if you've read the Jobs biography, then you know – about the fifteen different iPhone versions that they made, or whatever it was, some ridiculous number of iPhones that not only were not the original kind of, you know, solid slab of glass design, but that had you know, all sorts of other crazy shit attached to them, keyboards and the whole nine yards. So, um, so yeah, that no surprises there.
2: The Verge ran a story today about uh, from from like a television conference, um, and said, you know, the the future of of the TV is the iPad, according to all these people. So maybe Apple will get up on stage and say, "Here's the Apple TV, the here's, iPad.
0: Here's the future of the."
2: Well, I mean, if if you look at the way the iPad works, with, I would be thinking
0: different with relation to apps. It's a it's a nice way to watch TV. Uh, I, uh, you, the, the thing that it's missing is a universal guide to the content that's
1: embedded the in the. Time apps. It a load an app and then get to a stream. Right. There is no surfing.
0: What I'm what I'm telling what I'm saying is if you took the app experience and put a TV guide, a searchable you let people search inside the apps. So you say, Okay, I want to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, and it's like, oh, Curb Your Enthusiasm and is on and Netflix it and iTunes and HBO from... and which episode do you want to watch? And then you click and it takes the deep link straight to there in the app. That is an experience that is
1: better than anything that's available today. Sure, and, and, and then if you don't have the HBO app and not paying for the service, things you don't haven't paid for it yet,
0: right? You should pay for it. Then it says, "Hey, but but theoretically, you probably wouldn't install HBO on your on your TV unless you were already paying for HBO, right?" So you'll only see stuff that you actually subscribe to. So you don't have Amazon Instant on if you don't pay for Amazon Instant. You only have Netflix and Hulu and Vudu and three other things. And then that
1: gives you a... Or they could then let apps, you know, apps or channels, I guess, uh, content owners allow, you know, free days and free episodes. Yeah. Download the HBO app, even if you have no intention of paying for it, because there could be a day where certain episodes are free. Right, and then and then that gives
0: them a whole other way to to drive uh, subscriptions and stuff like that. Learn from the free app, you know, the the free app model. So Tim Cook's talked about uh, TVs and how they Apple feels like that's a big opportunity um, because they they did a couple of he did a couple of interviews with Bloomberg and um, Forbes. What was the other one? I can't remember. Uh, Maybe NBC, NBC. Uh, Brian Brian Williams, Rock Center. Oh God. Um, the thing that the thing that they don't talk about is the is the how the whole thing goes together, and it, that I mean that's the interesting part. I, I have no idea the, getting content deals. The content providers are already wary of Apple because of the domination of the iTunes Store on music and and TV and video. I think it's going to be much harder for them to get uh, movie and TV deals now than it was when they got music deals with the big five music labels ten years ago. Anyway, um, a Nokia engineer explained how to pirate Windows 8 apps and DLC. I'm all ears. <laughs> um, it's not a simple process. It's not a particularly difficult process. It's somewhere. It's somewhere in between. If you have a lot of time and you're not, you know, I just found it really interesting that the the Nokia engineer who was in charge of Windows 8 stuff, Windows Phone 8 stuff, is like, yeah, here's how you do it. Uh, Microsoft's done some really dopey stuff here. They should probably fix that. Go nuts. pins." Um,
2: brutal honesty.
0: Be a brutal, brutal honesty. Uh, and then the last thing is that Nokia, uh, Google announced their Zeit—they released their Zeitgeist stuff for 2012. I saw
1: that, and I did not look at the list intentionally. Uh, what are the items on the list? Would I'm you
0: like curious. to guess?
1: I would. La- no, uh, I think you should guess. Okay, I will guess, and then we'll also see if I can actually know what the things are. Okay. So I got to think back of 2012, right? I'm going to say Mitt Romney uh-huh. was one of them. Yep. I'm going to write your guesses down here so we can okay. compare uh Barack Obama as a corollary. Okay. But probably more Mitt Romney because people knew less about him. Okay. Uh, leading up to the election. Is this worldwide? This is uh I it seems like it's probably worldwide. Okay.
0: Um the list that I pulled. I just uh, pulled the 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 top what else? of all. Uh,
1: Olympics, London Olympics.
0: Okay, that's a pretty good idea. Um
1: kim.com What's kim.com? I, I don't com? think kim.com oh. would be Kim Jong Il maybe. Kim Jong um, you gonna put Il? kim jong-il no i don't think people will google him people don't care okay P- people that don't don't get get off the computer I, I'm, I'm
0: get off the pocket computer um
1: oh what, what else happened this
0: year that was big i think you are you are dramatically overestimating the world population's interest in justin bieber bieber is a pretty good guess um the world does have bieber fever the avengers
1: okay I think this is turning into a norms list for 2012. What else happened in 2012? What what, what things trended over the internet? Most
2: popular YouTube video of all time. Oh oh, a Gangnam mm-hmm. Style. Oh, wow, that that's no hints, Wes.
0: Okay, uh, okay, uh, that, that's those, that is uh, one two three that, four that's five ten? that's six things. I, no no, uh, that's good. This is this is this will be instructive. Okay. Um, Wes's one guess was Kim dot com. Kim dot com did not make the list. No, Sorry, that was Wes. just a suggestion. Sorry, Wes. Come on. Um, Mitt Romney and Barack Obama do not appear on the list. What? Nope. Sorry. People did
1: not Google them.
0: Nope. Uh, Olympics 2012. You're right on with that one. Okay. That one. That All one right. was. That's a
1: worldwide event. That's a big deal. Uh, Bieber. I'm sure. I'm sure the word was where to watch opening ceremony Olympics 2012. Yeah. Was yeah. Or qu-
0: Queen James Bond Olympics 2012 yeah. or something like that. Um, Justin Bieber. Sadly, Bieber fever has 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 receded, and the kids are less into Bieber wow. than they were last year. Uh, the Avengers not in the top ten. Oh. Gangnam Style is, however, okay. in the top ten. Right. So, so you got two out of six guesses, which isn't bad because you know it's basically the whole
1: world, right? It, it, every single word ever and permutation of characters.
0: The number one,
1: Whitney Houston.
0: Oh, she passed, passed away this year, early this year. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yep. How soon we forget? Um, Hurricane Sandy, number three. Oh, that makes sense. Gangnam Style is number two. Okay. Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy was a big, big worldwide event. It's in the same way that the Japanese tsunami was last year and you know, so yeah. on and so forth. Um, iPad 3. I'm surprised you missed this one since wow. it's sitting in front of you right now. iPad 3. iPad 3. Fuck the iPad 4, man. iPad 3. And is No, no iPhone fat. 5? No iPhone 5. Uh, Diablo 3. I bet, I bet iPhone 5 was last year. Uh, I, I would believe that. Yeah. Uh, Diablo 3 really coming in hard diablo 3 beat
2: out the avengers and barack obama and Diablo is a
0: worldwide event
2: apparently i can see that for the the china draw who's the most famous
0: pregnant woman in the world right now and also naked at different times in the course of the year and i think she got married maybe earlier this year maybe that was last year kate middleton norman chan
2: Oh, the, the, the Duchess the, of she's Wales. Like, she's barely so. pregnant, right?
0: She's just a little bit pregnant, but it turns out that's all it takes. Oh, man. Right. So Kate Middleton is, is coming in. Olympics 2012 was next. Amanda Todd. I didn't know who Amanda Todd was. She was Amanda Todd? She was the, a bullying victim who committed suicide. So it's oh. a really sad story. This, um, will, this
1: will really lets you know who's on the internet.
0: Yeah. This, this tells you that you are not the normal internet consumer. Yeah. Wow. Um, Michael Clark Duncan. Oh, he, he, suddenly passed, he passed away. Yeah, uh, and then the last one is BBB twelve, which is I think
2: the Brazilian Big Brother. Um, I think that's actually pretty huge. I've never I but know very huge enough about that it, that so search term. If you search globally,
0: for, when I go to BB, the number one result for BBB twelve is a thing that says Big Brother, and then it has a bunch
1: of people's names. Well, I Portuguese. would hope that the te- the tenth highest search term in Google is something that would lead you. Yeah, yeah actually, you think, you think that would be yeah. a good result. That's, yeah, what, that's exactly. That was my
0: theory here. So yeah, uh, Brazilian Big Brother 12 uh, is is a worldwide – I assume that it's probably that because everyone in Brazil must Google BBB 12. I thought that's it was a soccer times. thing at first. I was a little bummed that it wasn't a soccer thing.
2: The Whitney Houston and Michael Clark Duncan makes me wonder who is the most Googled – Celebrity uh, death? Or, or just death in Patrick general. Patrick Swayze. Yeah, it doesn't have to be celebrity. Just Patrick Swayze. I bet. That's not a bad one um it could be steve jobs steve jobs would be pretty big uh christopher reeve uh, i don't think so
0: what he was an inspiration uh but that was he died before the internet really i mean not totally before the internet do you want to look at it some other oh like four they have a bunch of other uh they have so that's trending that one events hurricane sandy and kate middleton nudie pictures was number two wow Um, people was Whitney Houston, Kate Middleton, Amanda Todd, the trending images, Bieber fever, no longer one direction and Selena Gomez. And then the iPhone five, um, athletes was Jeremy Lin, who's the basketball player, Michael Phelps and Peyton Manning films. What do you guess? Films? What's what's the, let's, this'll be fun. Twilight. Uh, wrong. Not even on the list. The Twilight movie just came out. How many films? 10 films.
1: Okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Hunger, Games. Hunger Games. Hunger Games. That's an easy one. Avengers. That's number four. Okay. We're, we're, we're getting all ten before we continue on. Oh so God. Hunger Games. This could be a while. Uh, Harry Potter was last year. Dark Knight Rises.
2: Nope. What the... That's not surprising. Nope.
1: <laughs> Twilight is not on there. Twilight Dark Knight is, is not, not on, on there. there.
2: Nope. Uh,
0: what other movies? Cobbett Nope. I think it's all stuff that's been released. Oh, it's all old movies. It's the movies that came out in 2012. Those are so old.
1: Awesome. Oh, okay, in in 2012. Yeah, Um, it's all
0: garbage from last year. I mean, uh, this year.
1: Jeez. What what came out this year? Oh, wait, no, that's Mission
0: Impossible. Um, Well, we talked about one with Adam at length. Skyfall? Oh, Prometheus. Both of those, actually. Both Prometheus and Skyfall? Skyfall is number two. Prometheus is number three. Avengers is number four.
2: Do we list number one yet? Uh, the Hunger Games. Okay. You nailed that. Skyfall was the second most Google image searched movie. No, Google no, no, search. Google search search movie. Yeah, film, it's the highest films. grossing British film of all time. It's about like awesome. a billion dollars more yeah. money than Batman Begins.
1: Yeah.
0: Do um, you want me to just run down the rest of those Because I don't think you're ever going to get the rest of these. Okay. Uh, number five is Magic Mike. Has wow. Dicks. Lots and lots of dicks. Um, John Carter is number six. I'm shocked. Probably... Because remember, it's not positive. It's not only positive yeah. mentions. It's of, all of the mentions. A lot of people
2: were curious about John Carter, I'm the, sure. The financial press
0: talked about John Carter Fairmount too. <laughs> Star um, Wars.
2: Nope, no Star Wars. Eck the
0: Tiger. I don't know what that is. E-K-T-H-A Tiger. Uh, Paranormal Activity 4. Okay, I can see that. Taken 2. I can see that. And Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows? That movie made no money. I assume that's because it was a disaster. Uh, Eck the Tiger is an Indian action film uh so oh, yeah globally global yeah global it's a global the amazing list.
1: spider-man wasn't on there no
0: no that, that just shows the difference between what plays here and what plays globally no
1: it shows who's on the internet google searching these things you want to do tv was number one website on the internet again also facebook.com uh, they don't search? they don't have they don't have
0: uh, websites on here that's probably for the best yeah um do you want to do one more because we can do tvs okay. or we can do music or we can do consumer electronics
1: Let's do Consumer Electronics. Okay, Consumer electronic Electronics. Media. Okay, let's go iPad, uh, iPhone 5. Not on the list. What? It's not on the list, Norm. Uh, then I'm going to go all the way to the other side, Microsoft Surface. Yes, that is number <laughs> eight. <laughs> okay. Um, iPad 3. That is number one. Wow.
0: Because remember, we had that iPad on the big mini. list. iPad Mini is number three. Okay. There's the Retina Mac on
1: there. No, right uh, now. Let's let's go with GS three, Galaxy S three. That is number two. Okay. People, mm. sell, Samsung sells a ton of those. Uh, Galaxy Note Note two is number five. Yeah. There you go. So you've got People one, two, three, note. five, and uh, and eight. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, Wii U. Nope. Xbox three sixty. Nope. What other consumer electronics came out this year? Windows eight. Nope. I guess that wouldn't count. It's a software, but probably... these are all. This drives. is all hardware? It's all hardware.
0: It's all specific models, too, except for one. Oh, my God. What are people buying? Do you want me to go down the list? We, uh, we,
1: is the Canon 5D Mark III there No something?
0: cameras. It's all tablets and phones and
1: game consoles. So 3DS? Just, mm. Nope. Did you guess the Nexus 7? Oh, That's one. Oh, That's oh, number Nexus four. Seven. Okay, there it goes. That makes sense. Duh. Uh, so we got one, two, three, four, five. Kindle I, something? And eight. Oh, Kindle, uh, Kindle, Kindle Fire Kindle. is number nine. Uh, is
0: there a Kindle like Paperwhite? Nope. There? Nope. Just Kindle uh, Fire. Nook. Nook. No. No other e-readers. So right now you have a tablet. You have a tablet, a phone, a game console, A Razor, a Droid Razor. Nope. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to believe.
2: I'm going to go down the HD rest of the Max. list.
0: Are you, you're, I've, 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 Two Xs. I'm tired of this. Okay. Game. Uh, <laughs> I'm tired of this game. Number one is iPad three. Number two is Samsung Galaxy S three. Number three is iPad mini. Number four is Nexus seven. Number five is Galaxy Note two. Number six is the PlayStation. Just PlayStation. 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 F- two words. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Number seven is the iPad four. Uh, okay. I'm number surprised about eight that. is the Microsoft Surface. Number nine is the Kindle Fire. Number 10 is
2: the Nokia Lumia 920. Oh, good for Nokia. Worldwide. Maybe a lot of people were Googling PlayStation because they didn't know what the Vita was called. PlayStation. Maybe.
0: I don't know. I always like the Zeitgeist thing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, they did a video. PlayStation. Uh, if you look, they talk about... Good um, ads. They, they talk about uh, uh, Felix Baumgartner a fair amount. He, like, he's in there. That was something that was Googled a lot. Um, One Direction makes a lot of appearances. Everybody loves Morgan Freeman and Coney 2012. Thanks, Coney 2012. Is that this year? That seemed Coney 2012. I guess it was. Were yeah. we in Portland when that happened? We
1: were. They, no, no. They, they, they were, were you and I there with we Gina? Were, and I we there?
0: Were, no, we were in Portland. All those little kids. They were the little kids. They, the TV people grouped up all the kids yeah. into a big bunch, so it looked like there were a whole shitload of them, but there were yeah. only like five. Yeah, it's really sad. Um. So yeah, that's Google Zeitgeist. You can find it at Google Google dot com. Um. I think that'll do it for news. Unless we have anything else, uh, let's roll into what we've been testing, and uh, then take some questions. Well, that's very soft.
2: That's what we're not I'm rocking saying. too hard this week, are we? I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably edit that out <laughs>
0: <laughs> because otherwise, I know what next week's outro song will be. Um, uh, Nor- uh, Wes, you've been testing monitors, a bunch of monitors. You've been testing Korean, uh, Korean monitors. Well,
2: testing and researching. Okay. Um, so I've mostly been testing the Korean monitor that I bought uh, like two months ago now? A while ago. It was, now, it was yeah. right before we went to New September. York. December. Yeah. Um, so three, three months ago. Two and a half. Yeah, less. three months ago. Yeah. Um, it's the crossover 27Q LED uh, monitor. And it's notable because it's a very inexpensive 27 inch monitor. It cost monitor. me 400 bucks. Or that like is. 390 half something. Half the price. Uh, yeah. And that's actually kind of on the expensive side of what these monitors cost. So what's the story? Um, So basically, sometime earlier this year, I want to say spring, um, either eBay sellers started selling these cheap Korean monitors or people just started noticing them. I don't Uh really know how far back it goes. But it kind of became a thing. It became a thing very quickly. Um, There are a couple... Um, I don't know really know exactly where it originated, but there's one forum thread in particular that was one of the places I went to to start research where people had caught on to these and started like on a deal site or something. Guys, guys. No, it's like, uh, I think it's hard forum. Okay, um, hard OCPs forum. Yeah, so they just started uh, kind of cataloging the the various types of monitors that these eBay sellers are selling and people would buy one and then post their results and say, oh, you know, I, ha- I got a perfect screen or I got a couple, you know, dead pixels and rating it. And, and it's, so it's, it's buy buying or monitor aware. off yeah. eBay. Yeah. Yeah. So basically... No these, returns. These monitors are kind of the, the same parts that you would get, the same screen you would get in a good um, Samsung Bell. or LG or Apple. It's an LG panel uh, that is used in the Apple Thunderbolt displays. Um, so it is the exact same screen. Oh, but these are like the cast offs, the ones that didn't pass. But they're the cast offs. So most of them are basically a minus quality, okay. um, which can range from it having some dead pixels on it to it basically being pristine. And oh, do they
0: do a 27 inch or is this just or are these these are like the 22 inches turned sideways and, and with more pixels.
2: Um, it's a it's a twenty seven inch. It's what's in um, the iMac, I bet. Yeah, okay. it's the the exact same display as in the the, the Thunderbolt, and it's basically the same as the ones that Dell. Uh, uses in their 27 inch mm-hmm. ultra sharps they're like a couple little variations but pretty much the same screen so but it's not
0: but it's like screen quality isn't all about panel there's also backlight considerations and some other stuff too right, right.
2: and so the reason i ended up picking this one um there are a couple reasons but one of them was i looked at a comparison somebody put up between his uh crossover and his apple thunderbolt display and in terms of like light leakage and backlighting evenness. Uh, the crossover is actually better than Apple's. Um, so, where the reason they can sell these things so cheap is one: the displays are usually the panel is p- potentially imperceptibly worse quality than an yeah. Apple, or it, it doesn't uh, pass Apple's qualifications, but right. it's still good enough to use. Or it might have some dead pixels. That's that's the bad case. Okay. Um, but the most of it is build quality and what else goes into the monitor. So most computer monitors you buy, you've got HDMI, DVI, Display Port, bunch of different inputs. There's a scaler in there that lets you, you know, plug in an Xbox or something, and it can like use
0: component or HDMI. Right. It, it but, can
2: handle different resolutions. Okay. Uh, maybe you've got USB ports or a webcam or speakers or something like that. And these monitors have none of that. It's like okay. a plastic or metal shell for your screen and a power plug. And a DVI input, and that's it. And, and and then you
0: have to send it a resolution that it supports. You can't send right. it like nineteen twenty by ten out ten hundred ten twenty four or something crazy like that. Right. right. Which,
2: although, I mean, some people might confuse the difference between like the hardware mm-hmm. output and software. So, like you can play a game at whatever resolution you want. On your PC. Well, you just have
0: to set the video card to scale rather than the monitor.
2: Right, yeah, yeah. which is kind of how it works automatically. Like if you're right. playing Battlefield and you set it to 1920 by 1080, it's still going to work on the monitor. Well,
0: generally, the video card scaler is going to be better than the monitor scaler anyway.
2: Right, yeah. but the downside is you can't plug your Xbox into it. I mean, the DVI input wouldn't work anyway, but even if you could plug it in, it would have to support that resolution. In hardware, to oh, the actual resolution, right? It okay. would have to support twenty five sixty because there's no scaler on that side. So, so. this is a twenty five. These are twenty five sixty by 14, uh, four, 14, 14, 14, 40 40, okay. 16 by nine. Um, and the the reason I picked this one was this, the screen was really well regarded. Um, I mean, pretty much that's pretty much the same for all of them. Uh, it's because they all use the same panels, but obviously the the maker can you could get some variation in the the number of dead pixels and their uh, return policy and stuff like that um what, or, what's what's the return policy uh, like i should say more their selling policy and that uh there's variation between the different ebay sellers in what they qualify as an acceptable number of dead pixels okay um there's no real return i think you might be able to return within a couple of weeks uh but it's basically if you ever have a warranty issue you're going to have to deal with a Korean company um, that gives a manufacturer's warranty, like the eBay sellers. Right. Like you can return it, you know, within seven days or something, and then then it's know, on you. Then it's on you. Yeah. Um. And so you would have to pay for your own shipping and all that stuff. Yeah. And if so, you're sending
0: it back to Korea, it's probably going to be gone for a month each way. And
2: basically, you should not count on being able to do that. Okay. I mean, you're buying it, and if it breaks, it breaks. Sucks. Um. But you can get one for three hundred and fifty bucks. So you buy two of these
0: for what you would buy pay for one of the one from HP or Dell or Apple. So yeah. I think the Apple twenty seven inch displays are even more expensive than that. A hundred yeah. thousand bucks.
2: Yeah. Um. And so the one I bought was one it was a little more expensive because. The seller I bought from sells no dead pixel models, hmm. um, okay. and so I paid almost four hundred dollars and got one with zero dead pixels. you paid on it. you paid a premium for a a premium yeah, cheap product, exactly. And there are, I mean, there are a lot of people who have given feedback saying they have zero dead pixels, even when they didn't pay for that. Okay, or they had one or two, and at that resolution, it's really hard to see. Yeah, a dead pixel. Like, the color, yeah. it depends whether it's stuck on or off, or green or blue or whatever. That's yeah. true. Um, but the one I picked has a really good stand. It can okay. pivot and it's actually pretty solid. Some of the the other models have kind of flimsy, crappy plastic stands. Do
0: these have standard visa mounts? So if you want to put it on a on a on a um, they, they mount, are visa then you can. Yeah.
2: Okay. So so I mean even if it comes even if you get one
0: with it, if you're gonna put it on a thing that's mounted to your wall or your desk, then it doesn't matter how the stand is as long as it has visa mounts.
2: Yeah. So some of the ones that are even cheaper than the one I picked that cost like I want to say you could get one high 200s or 300 bucks. Jesus. Maybe that's a little low, but around 300 bucks. Um, some people choose those to do a like triple monitor setup. Yeah. So, so obviously it would have cost me a lot more to get three, $400 monitors, but yeah. take 100 bucks off each one. And you could get three monitors for the price of one really nice. Well, if you're putting one monitor off
0: to the, if you're using it just for like wraparound gaming or something silly, then who cares if there's a couple of stuck pixels on the the left one. When you have
2: three monitors, that's, it's pretty insane. Um, And then, so I did that a couple months ago and bought mine and have been really happy with it. uh, Other than the fact that it puts out a little electronic hum like um, a buzzing noise, a little buzzing noise, oh, uh, specifically on real white screen. Okay. Um, and in doing some more research recently, I've actually read about uh, like some Asus monitors do the same thing. Um, so it is not that's not a problem exclusive to the Koreans. No, it's a common with
0: cheap panels.
2: Yeah. Right. Um, so that's that's probably my one drawback. Is that and in the lamp. Um. I researched it, and I forget now what it's from. I think it is – I can't remember. I eliminated the power source. For a while, I thought it might have to do with the power, and it was like a cheap uh, power brick that caused it. But I think it's um, something in the the panel, the the way it displays. I don't know enough about the technology to know for sure. Um, But that's kind of – like that kind of sucks, but it's not very loud. And if I'm ever listening to music – or playing games, um, or do, doing basically anything that creates noise, yeah, then I can't hear it. Um, or I have, I have headset, headphones heads on, heads on. Yeah. it's fine. Um, so that's been pretty good. So what if you want to do more, if you want to get a nicer 27-inch monitor? So I just put up a wire cutter piece this week on that, um, that I was researching last week. And Dell has a new sharp out. That is an LED 27-inch. Ooh. Uh, great monitor. It's supposed to cost 800 bucks, but it's been on Amazon. Uh, the price has been fluctuating a lot, but it's been hitting 650 Wow. Which is a killer price for this monitor because it's basically the same quality screen as the Koreans with all the bells and whistles. When you say expect. the Koreans,
0: you mean the Korean monitors? The Korean monitors, okay. yes.
2: Koreans are not... LED displays. Okay, that's that's important to note. Um, but it's got HDMI and DisplayPort.
0: So you can and, plug your consoles into it. Does it have audio out? Like, So when you plug HDMI in, can you pipe audio through there and then pipe it out to your speakers?
2: Yeah. I'm not sure if it does. It doesn't have built-in speakers, I don't think. Because I
0: know the 30-inch uh, inch ones have like a RCA coax out, I think. A lot of those also
2: have like component and composite inputs right. and stuff, so this doesn't have that. This okay. is This isn't their most expensive 27 inch like they still have an older one that's the uh the cold cathode backlight mm-hmm. and that has comp- component input and all that stuff so the trade-off is you're paying you're paying less and you're actually getting a more power efficient better screen because yeah. it's led it weighs half as much is it a grid backlight so it can do selective dimming or does it do yeah, is it, it all, all so. now
0: nobody does that anymore huh
2: not not for that small
0: size okay. tv just for big screens, yeah. okay. um,
2: but you get the awesome resolution. It has USB three ports, which is nice. Oh, that um, is nice. And mainly, it's just a way lighter, more convenient monitor. A memory than, card reader? No memory card reader. That's amazing because I mean, I the thirty inch panels reader. that Norm and I have. I
0: mean, mine was like eleven hundred bucks and it weighs probably twenty five pounds. Yeah, um, it does have a memory card reader and USB ports and all that stuff, and the component inputs, which is nice. But I mean, I would I would actually I think rather have a sixteen by nine display at this point, and it's. That's half the price.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a little trade off. You lose a couple of the the premium features, but I think what you gain in the fact that the screen draws less power and it looks better. Yeah, um, have you actually tested that one, or did you just research it? I've just researched it, but like the all of these super in depth guys, like TFT Central and stuff, have pretty much everybody has compared it very specifically to Dell's last 27 inch um, and. Says it's better. And really what um, it tells us is
1: that these monitors, the panels cost that much, and they can sell them in you know, the creed models for about four hundred bucks and the Dell ones for six fifty, which means, you know, at cost, probably like five hundred bucks. And maybe three years ago they were selling for even the twenty-seven inch for over a thousand dollars and two thousand, fifteen hundred dollars for thirty inch. Ten years ago is about two thousand dollars for thirty inch. So there might be market now with inflation for a fifteen hundred dollar, two thousand dollar, probably fifteen hundred dollar monitor that's four K resolution, twenty seven inch. Yeah, and, that wouldn't surprise me at all yeah, if we see I, that in the next I, year. I think sixty nine nine is the way to go at that point. Uh, I don't see 30-inch being – 30-inch is probably too big for a desk. But at that resolution, 4K, 27-inch, 1500 bucks. I well, think even, even when the 27-inch TVs
0: money. launched and they were basically 1080p monitors, so they were essentially TVs with a slightly different – tuned a little bit differently. They were still – way more expensive than these were. So this is, this is, it's really interesting. If you're looking for a monitor, it's nice because a 20, 2560 by 1440 monitor will last you for a very long
1: time. I'm gonna say I don't think it'll last. We'll be happy with it, but yeah. I think the 4K one's are gonna be here in a year and a half.
0: Yeah, but they, if they're they're gonna, there'll be the normal. I mean, the thing that's happening that's changing this is the is the higher resolution laptop displays are are changing the the dot pitch
1: of the of the pixels on LCD panels. And the, the OSs are getting better. Like obviously yeah. Mac can handle it. Windows still not so much. Well, no, uh, you have to scale everything up. That has scale. unpredictable effects. It does. That, yeah, not yeah. not polished for that because we run Windows on. Like uh, the the Retina, Retina. laptops and it, even scaling up the icons and text, it doesn't. There's things that, that don't look great. I, th- I think that's
0: an extreme example, though. If you sit with a 30 inch, 2560 by 1600 panel close enough to you, it's it's oh. really super usable.
1: It, it, absolutely usable. Um, uh, and awesome. I mean, it,
0: it is. I have the same number of pixels on one 30 inch display as I had on two 24 inch yeah. displays yeah. three years more, ago. More pixels, better. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, so you and, think in a few years, years the 2560, 27 inch monitor will be kind of a standard and the 4k 27 inch will be one. the new yeah, the as long as, really as really os supports me. it and
1: yeah. as long as enough bandwidth
2: in the cable which there is
1: now display displayport yeah
2: one other nice thing that dell changed with the 27 inch is they lightened up their anti-glare a little bit uh-huh. which i've never had a problem with but i know some people really dislike it dims a little bit yeah they really yeah. dislike the anti-glare on their monitors so it's still anti-glare but less not quite as
0: as heavy and of course with modern modern lcd displays there's not pixel response times and stuff like that you 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 get a they're they're good for gaming
2: they're uh, actually they're only okay for gaming okay um you get two types of lag there is still pixel response issues um because it's ips is part of the reason why like the the tn panels which are cheaper lower quality video uh or lower quality image, but those are better for gaming. You have like two milliseconds. Is it, but does um, that actually matter? Has anybody actually tested that? So, what you get it, with these 27 inch monitors, uh, between the input lag and then you get lag also from introduced from the scalar in the mm, monitor, okay, is a, it comes out to there's variation, but it comes out to about one and a half frames, which is assuming you're operating at 60 frames a second. Um, you think it's 30? Yeah, I'm not sure, but okay. basically it's not something that you're going to really see if you're normal, mm-hmm. if you're playing Counter-Strike and are getting in our world-class. Yeah, if you're a world-class Counter-Strike player, yeah. that's probably too much for you. Okay. Um,
0: Same thing for StarCraft, I would assume.
2: StarCraft. Doesn't matter. I don't, no, I don't think so.
0: Refresh rate doesn't come into StarCraft. It's all about strategy. Okay. If
2: you're playing fighting games and like yeah. frame priority matters to you, that then that's probably too much. Um, okay. But like I've played Borderlands on it and Framework can't even already. can't even yeah. s- like see the see any lag, so it's it's not a big deal if you're a super competitive rock band blitz player. Yeah. you if may want you have to be in a very very small class of people who take that very seriously yeah, and, for it to matter. And I
0: mean, for me, I made the choice to go with IPS panels over TNs because the uh, because of the the color representation is much better on the IPS panels.
2: And yeah. I think yeah. you get more than you lose. So. Yeah. Um. Uh, do you
0: want to talk about uh, Han Solo Blasters, Norm? Uh,
1: I think people just read the story. Well, I
0: think you should tell people why they
1: should read the story. I think it's an awesome story that's 6,400 words about Han Solo Blaster. Why will not we you want to read it?
0: Okay. Good enough. Do um, you want to talk about your photo project? My photo project? Yeah, your, your photo project. You posted about it yesterday or Monday.
1: Oh, you mean ongoing The column? ongoing column about photos. Oh, so yeah, I'm writing a regular column about photography. And, and what's leading up to buying a DSLR? So, what have you year. talked about so far, and what's coming up? Uh, just the introductions and what what gear I use, and what I am good at and not good at, and what I hope to look and what you want to learn. Yeah.
0: Okay. A lot good. of photographers out there. There We're are inside. a lot of people who take photos every day. Um, do you want to talk about FTL, Wes?
2: Sure. <laughs> <Been> playing FTL,
0: <laughs> Wes. Have you played? Uh, Norm, have you played FTL? I've not played
1: FTL. Oh, you should play FTL. I, I
2: was thinking about it yesterday after. After playing it once, but before I played it the next time, uh, and just thinking about how I can't think of many games that have left me feeling so empty, broken at, after really? after yeah. a run. That's like, not what I want in games. Like, well, well, it's it's satisfying, almost to a bad extent for me um, to this point. Like I think I, as I unlock more ships, it'll probably bother me less. But most games when you even when you fail horribly, you yeah. kind of get something at the end of it. And I felt like an FTL I'll spend forty minutes, you know, actively enjoying it, which is good. And I should be able to that have that be enough. Yeah. But then just have it taken away instantly. Instantly and just be back at the title screen Savage. and just be like, fuck. <laughs> just yeah. And just close the game. save. Well, it's a, it's a roguelike. The well, yeah. The uh, I think the Mac version maybe doesn't have like save and quit. Uh, support. no, you can save and quit. Well, then something's messed up with my install because I can't.
0: Um. It, yeah. Okay. So I was able to save and quit when I and I've played almost exclusively the Mac version because I I I like to play FTL on airplanes. It's funny because you always like whenever you play FTL on airplanes on your laptop. How long does the usual session go? Eh, it can be anywhere from you know three minutes to two hours, maybe. Okay. Okay. So it's it's a good length. Like I I think on a flight from Portland once I played probably three games as I was learning how to play. On the way back from New York, I played two games. I is, um, can it come on iOS. It's they they are talking about it. It is a perfect iPad game. I, it, it looks like back, it realized. was designed for iOS. Well, it's it's a su- kind of surprising system hog though. Like it it's one of the only things I do on my MacBook that cranks up the fans Mm. which is really weird because it's super 2d and kind of janky looking it probably comes down to the way it was coded i'm sure i'm guessing so it was a kickstarter um it's a roguelike this the basic gist is that you are the captain of a starship and your mission is to take the secret hidden secret plans for to a hidden rebel base on the far side of the galaxy your mission is to go right basically yeah go right you're playing mario brothers with a spaceship basically um, but you control like the crewmen inside the ship, you assign them to stations, You it kind of has like a little bit of an X-Wing TIE fighter thing where you have to balance different systems against each other and manage power.
2: Yeah, it's really, it's a roguelike-like because it is more, it's like half sim hmm. in, the, in the framework of a roguelike. Well, the, it's roguelike in
0: the same way that XCOM is kind of like a roguelike if you play it on Iron Man, in that you don't, you get one save, you get, each each game is essentially a life And you loop around. It's the same mission every time. Same um, the details. Like the yes, the goal to go right and fight a bad guy is the same. The layout of the worlds that you encounter, the systems that you go through. You know, there's probably a half dozen archetypes of systems. And how would you say? And how long Mm -hmm. would it take to beat it? Um, It depends. it it literally like like other roguelikes it depends on how the first 20 to 30 minutes go a lot of times although you can dig out of a hole pretty easily you you could beat it in an hour Yeah, if you have a perfect run i mean yeah yeah it's, have it's you guys beat it um i've gotten to the end boss
2: probably 3 times wow. I it have, is very difficult i've gotten to the end boss twice but, but I, and i'm mode. still playing on easy yeah i'm playing on easy too um, um, and i've only been playing it since I've played probably a dozen games. So so, so the when
0: you play on easy, the when you play the game, you you should buy it. It's like ten bucks. It's everybody should it's it's great.
2: The reason I picked it up was because it was six dollars uh over the weekend. Even it, better. It might still be on sale, I'm not sure. Um you should start on easy
0: because you un um, the the way the power curve and progression works is you unlock new ships by doing completing tasks in game, almost like achievement style tasks. Um, some of them will be unlocked by completing quests. There's a like I would encourage you after you've played it once or twice to go learn how to do that because you're going to have a really hard time progressing with the base ship. I think until you are much better mechanically at the game, do not play that game on normal if you don't haven't unlocked other ships and you don't know how it works because you will get it is a horrible experience. You need to work up to that. That is something that is a goal, not a not where you start easy should be the default
2: yeah after playing i started on easy and then i played a few normal games and pretty quickly came to the realization that it i'm sure it's possible to beat it with the starting ship on normal but you would have to be very lucky and
0: know exactly and what to do know exactly what to do yeah, the fault with the game is that a lot of times the things that happen you know in a the a lot of the you learn as you go um well no no it's not even that yeah th- there's a limited number of of events you know, things that happen whether it 's finding an enemy ship or rescuing somebody from an asteroid field or being boarded by pirates, like once you know what the different things are that can happen and you know how to approach them, the game gets a lot easier. It just becomes then about executing well uh, but it, with, until you understand the different things that can happen you 're going to have a hard time. Uh, especially on the higher difficulty Well, and it is
2: still very much risk-reward. I mean, I find myself, like, you'll come across an abandoned space station. It's like, do you want to beam down and explore it? And I know exactly what the options are. The options are, I find something. Good. I find something good and just leave. Yeah. Or there's a disease there, and it just kills one of my crew members. And crew members are super valuable. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do about it. Or you have, or, like, a choice pops up. Dog-sized spiders. and, And... after that choice comes up you could gain or lose something yeah uh, but even knowing the the risks of those things doesn't really help you inform your decision other than do you think it's worth it do you think it's worth the risk because yeah. there's always it's always a risk reward trade off and i usually end up going for it you know save the civilian or whatever yeah why not and, what, could, what could possibly go wrong and then you die no nope. yeah. be selfish Space plague
0: um, in a lot of ways, it's, it mirrors Walking Dead because you end up making a lot of those risk-reward choices in that game as well. Um, the uh, the only thing, other thing I would say is it's a real-time game, but you can pause and issue orders at any time. I would strongly encourage people to treat it as a turn-based game and just pause the shit out of it all the time. makes it much easier and, and much more manageable. It gives you time to think about stuff too.
1: Have you guys heard of Space Team? I have not heard of Space Team. Gary told me about this and he hasn't tried it. I think he tried it with Leah. It's an iOS app. It's free. And um, only it can only be played by, with two to four players. Ooh, we have over we have two to four players over Wi Fi, okay, or Bluetooth. Wi Fi and Bluetooth, and basically it is uh, you simulate the bridge of a ship, and each person who plays has oh, a different console. Is it Artemis? It is not Artemis. Artemis is out for iOS. This is different. Oh, okay. This is called Space Team, and but the, the things that you so you have scenarios. I think one scenario is free. And you can buy more scenarios. Um, but each of the four people, up to four people who play play a role, but the your console has weird names, so things that happen on screen, you have to yell out, you know, turn the thing of a jig, flip up to the fragma fired, so level like, five.
0: So like you'll get an you'll get an order on your screen, but it's an th- order that Wes has to complete. Yep. Fascinating. It's it's it's,
1: it's a bridge of a ship. I would like to play this game. I've seen a few people tweet
2: about it uh, very
1: it's free. Artemis is Orly. out too. Artemis is out. That's a, a large Starship endeavor.
0: bridge simulator.
1: Do I don't know how that works on first, iOS.
0: I think. But you, oh, you try that training
1: wheels and then work on communication skills. Okay. And then do Artemis. Can we um, play
2: poker with our iPhones?
1: We could also play poker with our iPhones.
2: Why would you do that? Every phone is a card. Every phone? Really? <laughs> no, every phone. Shuffle. The, there is a an app for that. No. Really? Every phone
1: is a different card. Yeah, that's terrible. Did you see that augmented reality video from Ted, the guy doing card tricks using yes. augmented reality glasses? That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Um, I've been spending
0: a lot of time with Adam's replicator too. Like a, a, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, we. I print. I. So yeah, he bought it because he saw the video with Bree, where he's like, "It's it's so easy to use. Anybody can use it. You just take it out of the box and you're printing within minutes." You like, might have seen it in a past episode of Still Entitled. Uh, yeah, it was. It was on the desk at M5, I think, once, um, taking the place of the lion head. Uh, so, so yeah, he bought it and thought, "Oh, okay. Well, I had a Thingamatic; it was okay, but it was kind of a kit. It was more for learning about 3D printers than actually 3D printing stuff, which is, yeah, you know, pretty parallel with our experience with the Thingamatic. Yep. The uh, Replicator was definitely better. I like uh, the lessons that we learned with the Cupcake and the Thingamatic, the first two Makerbots, definitely parlayed into being able to print much better stuff with the Replicator than we'd ever been able to print before." But I hadn't really sat down and thought about what, what coming into a Replicator or Replicator 2 was going to be like for somebody who'd never operated a 3D printer before. Or
1: even someone who's super smart. And-
0: yeah, but who has CAD experience mm-hmm. and, and has done CNC milling and stuff like that, has similar skills applied in a different way, um, in an additive rather than reductive way. And Adam got super frustrated. Like, super-duper frustrated with it. So the, Were the instructions not good enough? So he had some out-of-the-box problems. Like, the, it didn't have the memory card that you – the specific I, – I have a whole post coming up about this. It'll be up on probably Friday or Monday. Um, it, it, the instructions weren't particularly good. Uh, I mean, there's an instruction manual that's really good about how to take out of the box. He missed a key part of that instruction and, and set it up a little – just the tiniest bit wrong um, – in such a way that it just applied tension to the printhead as it was moving to the extremities of the platform okay. and that caused it to cause alignment error so as the layers would go as you would put a layer down it would be just a little bit off from the one below Skewed. and then pretty soon there'd be a big gloopy mess glued on the bottom of the of the printhead um the software is super easy for me to use at this point because I've been using replicator G and it has 35,000 options to control the different settings of your 3d print and makerware has five and I understand what they all mean. And it's a lot easier to use. I yeah. also understand the difference between the slicing engines that they use. So makerware includes this thing called miracle grew, which is their own homegrown slicer, which is pretty good for quick and dirty stuff, but it's not going to produce, you know, 0.1 millimeter resolution prints. Is that for internal supports as well. Um, uh, it'll do internal supports. It's uh, external supports are a little bit weird. It doesn't do external supports in the way that say the form one showed in that video that we shot with the form one and they showed, yeah, you just put the supports on and then it puts the stuff that it needs to hang it off the platform as it's printing. Doesn't do that at all. Um, so he got frustrated with the software he didn't he didn't know the difference between sky and forge miracle grew and forge is a, give you much higher quality print but it also takes a couple of orders of magnitude more time so if a miracle grew slice takes four minutes the sky and forge one can take an hour or more and uh, you know it takes a long time to get from zero to one percent so he thought the app had just crashed and kept restarting it which then caused a whole series of other problems um, so he said just take this see what you do what you want with it um, I may or may not I'm, I'm probably going to sell it, or get rid of it, or send it back, or something. I don't know what I'm going to do with it.
1: Yeah, he also has not. He doesn't have a lot of time to fiddle with stuff like people, this. Other yeah. people would have. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've I've sunk a lot of time into but it. even in the last two ha- weeks.
1: spending the time with that and having all the time you would to do it the perfect way, do you get a, a more satisfactory product than you would with the replicator one?
0: Um. So compare. I haven't done direct side by side comparisons. At some point, we'll set up a race. And do replicator one versus replicator two in the side by print side. Conditions. Yeah, like before the for both quick and dirty because I think that's important for a lot, like if you look at a lot of the stuff that I printed, like the Tetris pieces, which were really useful. Quick and dirty, quick and dirty was fine for them. Yep. Um, Adam wanted to print a little r two d two model, and I think he had made the he had actually made the the three D files, or maybe downloaded Thingiverse. I don't know. Printing that in the quick and dirty looked like shit. Yeah, like really bad. Printing it in the point one millimeter resolution looks you know it's still not great but it's okay it's you can
1: tell it's yeah. r 2 for sure um there's a reason they use that translucent um plastic color well, it hides a lot of the imperfections so there's a there's a whole
0: other thing about that that i've discovered while i was looking into cuz i've never really printed it at 0.1 microns or, or, or 100 microns i've always pointed at, printed at 0.27 millimeters, which is about double the double the uh, two and a half times of the height um when the temperature the default temperature settings for PLA on the makerbot are around 230 degrees celsius the optimal printing temperature for PLA to maintain like really really precise detail is about 190-180 degrees you want it to transition to melted and then transition back to solid instantly when it hits the, when it hits the air um, and that'll keep it from warping and bending and making little ripples and stuff like that and they don't ever explain. They explain that in the documentation online, as of middle of last week when they updated the online documentation. But up until that point, the only place you would find that information out is by going to message boards or Google groups or something like that. So, I, I mean, I basically I I came in and I talked to Adam about it a fair amount and and walked him through a bunch of stuff and and um then came at this as if I were a new user who hadn't spent any time three D printing. Um, and I think it really falls down dramatically in the anybody can be 3D printing in no time. I think if you're a designer and you've worked with 3D printers before and you kind of know what they, what they are and aren't capable of, you probably have a pretty good experience. But if you're a dude who wants to get a 3D printer so his kids can make models in 123D design or SketchUp or something like that and then print them, you're probably going to be a little frustrated unless those kids are old enough and patient enough that they're going to be able to troubleshoot it on their own. Um because the other the other problem is experimentation has a really high time cost. Mm-hmm. you know if it takes an hour, two hours to slice a complex model and then it takes six hours to print that, like the most you're going to be able to do is maybe two or three a day um to to test different settings and and all that and if changing something as minor as changing the temperature requires another hour and a half slicing run, which it does then 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 that's that's pretty frustrating um so so yeah, that'll be up on Monday. We we just you should read it. It's a it's a it's yeah. long.
2: Would you say the the MakerBot software is the biggest improvement to ease of use from the Replicator one to two? Um probably. The the build plate leveling stuff is is significantly It's not
0: four screws? It's only three screws now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is important because when you do the when you level the replicator, one first you level it front and back. So you do the back screws and the front screws. You can do those independently because it doesn't matter. You have two nozzles to check on. You can you can measure left nozzle, right nozzle, and once they match, you're good. But then when you do the right side and the left side, you don't have two points to check anymore because the 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 print heads are parallel on the x axis, not the y axis. Um, so when you adjust the left and right sides, you have to turn both the screws at the same time, the same amount. They don't ever really explicitly say that. That's something I had to figure out. And once I did that, getting the build platform level was much, much easier. However, you know, it's it's like a lot of other stuff. It's stuff that they expect you to know because you've been 3D printing for a while. And I don't want to alarm you guys, but maybe they've sold 8,000. There's probably ten or 15,000 consumer level 3D printers out in the wild today. That means everybody ha- has no experience with 3D printing at this point yeah. for the most part. So So – like that kind of documentation stuff, they really need to get some real, real thick skull, dim witted people in there to, 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 and watch how they use this and then UX. adjust the, the experience accordingly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't want people to think I'm down on 3D printing or MakerBot. I think they've done, like, looking at where they've been, where they've come in three years is amazing. It but is. Will, will, it, will it ever be able to print a person? Oh, God. Um, but but the the other – but the point is it's not – it doesn't meet the promise of it, – it, it's as if you went and bought an Apple II today, in 1981 and suddenly thought you were going to be operating all of your business stuff on it, payroll, wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. spreadsheets, That's word exactly processors. That's exactly what happened though. They, people bought those uh, Apple computers and they didn't – they couldn't do all that stuff. Right. That is exactly so it's what happened. It's the, the analogy for the the Apple moment. Is is pretty true? Yeah, people just don't remember back it's, then. Computers sucked. It's the Apple II moment, not the Macintosh
0: moment, okay. is what I would there say. So yeah, um, I, uh, but on the other hand, they're also iterating the software every week. Yeah. So I mean, we're, makerware we're gets mapping. better every week. Yeah,
1: um, development is so deployment and development just, so just much faster.
0: I, I think that had they not made the you can print, it, you can be printing in minutes, and everybody can be a 3D printer video that sold a really specific message that I think is not true. We wouldn't they have be having kids in that video, like printing? No, it's just Brie holding a MakerBot like a boombox. I can print toys. I know. I hope It's, it's not like a Fisher-Price commercial. I, I, dude, I still want to see what happens when you give a 12-year-old a 3D printer. And, I think 12-year-olds will surprise you. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I think 12-year-olds are – I think if you have a kid who grows up with 3D printers the way we grew up with computers, the whole the whole thing changes. Because the tools, I I, the the one thing I'm shocked by is how easy the tools for 3D modeling are compared to what they were ten years ago. It is when you're talking about SketchUp or One Two Three D Design, you literally take a 2D image. You can I don't think you can scan it, but you just draw it out with simple to use stuff. You can extrude it out, you can carve it, you can shape it, you can cut holes out of it. It's super duper easy. Um, And and if you have time to fiddle with that and learn how it works, then then more then I mean that's the thing that I don't have. Is time to le- spend 40 hours learning how to do 3D modeling a week. And, and if you're 12, then you probably can carve 30 hours out of your time. So anyway, uh, that's what we've been testing. Um, what do you say we do some, a couple of questions and call College Show? Emails? Uh, well, but we do the other one. Sorry. We don't do emails. We do no, emails. No, 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 no. Questions. Boom. Uh, our first question is about movies. If you have a question and you would like it answered on This Is Only test, the email address is podcastattested.com. Keep it short under 45 seconds. Make it sure it doesn't sound like you're recording it from a public restroom inside some sort of like running of the bulls or something like that. We want it to sound like the podcast when you listen to it. Um, here is our first question. It's about The
2: Hobbit. Hi, Tested Crew. Long-time listener and first-time questioner. First or Would You Rather. Bodily health aside, would you rather go a year without meat or alcohol? On to my question. I've been trying to look up show times for the Hobbit opening. The high frame rate version sounds interesting, but I can't seem to find any showings that are not also in 3D. Is the high frame rate version only available in 3D? If so, has the technology improved past the poor saturation and headache-inducing nature? Thanks, and always be testing. I would go uh, without alcohol without happily. Alcohol easy. Yeah.
0: Easy. Yeah. Meet, me, I, meet, meet every is essential.
2: Day. No choice there.
0: We're, we're a lot of fun at parties.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I don't know what I don't know what the story is with the Hobbit showings. I've looked around here, and like the Metreon showing yeah. seems to not be 48 uh, frames a second. You don't go to the theater.
1: You go to the uh, theater. Do not go to like check Fandango. Fandango okay. And I mean they will list, uh, but go to like Lowe's and go to AMC. Go, go to the, to the, the chain, theater chain homepage, and they will have a list there. So and it's, that will tell
2: you which theater. It's not being distributed in 48 fps 2D. Period. No, um, not it because it's not possible. They just the distributor chose to not do that.
1: Yeah, um, well, the,
2: the decision matrix on that gets a little scary. If they have a had,
1: premium already, and yeah. I think it's be confusing for people to have options of 2D,
2: 3D, 3D 2D high frame uh, yeah, rate, yeah, exactly. 3D they, high frame rate, three SKUs. And there's there's a kind of I think it's only about Four five five percent of theaters actually support the the 48 fps showings. So there's a hardware um, limitation, or is it just like a f- software on the it's a projector? On the, okay, projector limitation. So I'm not sure exactly if it's a projector limitation because from what I've I've been doing some reading related to this recently, and a lot of projectors, um, digital projectors, like DLP projectors um, theoretically should have the capability. They to do. do this. They actually even when you see a 24 frames per second movie, they uh, are displaying 144 frames per second. Which is an even... Mul- no, that's not an even multiple, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, it is. Because it's, it's... 12 times, So two they times. show five yeah, frames, okay. and that is a, a flicker elimination oh. technique. Oh. Um, so so like- I'm not sure exactly where the, the... Why it's such a limited release in 48 FPS. Um, it- so is it 48 FPS and then...
1: You see 48 FPS, which is then doubled for 3D. So it's actually doing double that.
0: Is it it 48 frames per second per eye or is it 24 frames per second per eye? No, I think it's
1: 48 per eye. If it was 24 per eye, then it'd be just looking like a regular movie. There'd be no point in showing it in 3D. Well, it would look like a regular 2D movie. It's just like 3D. 3D movies in 24 FPS are not 12 frames per eye. They're 24 per eye. 12 frames per eye would be slow as hell.
0: Yeah, that's true. It'd be incredibly flickery. I mean, it could just be that the version of VLC or Windows Media Player Classic or whatever it is they use to play the movies doesn't support 48 frames a second.
2: I think it's it's probably partially... Um, I don't think they use I would VLC. like to know more it, about obviously, this. Obviously, like no analog projectors, yeah. no film projectors are doing it. It's all, yeah. um, it's all the digital projectors. So that eliminates plenty of theaters. Um, and then from there, I'm not sure if it's just... It's probably theaters with older digital projectors or the yeah. wrong kinds uh, can't do it. Um, But I I did read that at least, I think at least a few theaters are showing IMAX 3D 48 FPS. Oh, Um, wow. And IMAX
1: is not digital. It's film. Right.
2: So there must be 48 FPS film copies, but I think that's... Well, the monkey just goes
0: twice as fast when he cranks the thing, right? Right.
2: So that is definitely exclusive to IMAX now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's possible there could be a 48 FPS 2D release, but I'm guessing that would be for the next version maybe yeah. if they even choose to do that okay um but yeah i'm, I'm kind of curious what the difference is between the the regular 48 fps 3d and the, the imax in terms of projecting yeah you guys yeah, like, gonna see it twice No, are you gonna I'm, see 48 frames a second or you're gonna go imax 48 i'm not even sure i want to see it
0: you're Whoa. you're uh, well wes i'm gonna just carry on before you get controversial yeah. here um next question I is about that. about school I just clicked the wrong
1: place. Hey, Tested Crew. My name is Allison, and I'm from Winchester, Virginia. A piece of hometown trivia, Winchester has the largest firemen's parade in the world. For those who don't know, this is a parade where firefighters get to show off their Dalmatians and fancy fire truck accessories. My question for you comes from my 8th grade class,
0: who loves your slow motion videos. After watching your liquid nitrogen video, I had a student
1: ask what would happen if you submerged your hand in a vat of liquid nitrogen. Would you be able to shatter your hand like the rock and chicken breast as shown in your video? Or would your pumping blood be enough to stave off the shattering effect? And finally, a would you rather? Would you rather get stuck on an elevator for five hours or a ski lift for five hours? Thanks. And always be testing. I have been stuck on a ski lift for I've, five hours. For five hours, I've only been on for an hour, but it was pretty bad. I had a friend who jumped and broke his leg. Oh, which is both was both or, or boy, just one? one? One leg. Yeah, you don't jump off the ski lift. The answer lift. is do not jump off the ski lift. Right. You just Hold
0: on. Here, the benefit of being on the ski lift is that if you need to pee, you don't have to pee in a sealed box.
1: You that, can just let fly true. off the there, edge there of the ski There was lift. The, the New Yorker story, a long story about uh, the guy who was stuck in the elevator for like two days. Oh, God. And no one knew, and he sued, and I think he went crazy. And uh, Yeah, that broke him. It, it totally broke him, and it was a tragic story at the end, but there was a time-lapse video of him stuck in the elevator because he had see, close to see cameras. Obviously, no one saw that but um at the time well you hope no one saw that at the time because otherwise
2: they're dicks security guards just sitting there spinning the (laughs) key but he would open the
1: door pull pull open the the inside door inside door and then pee and then close the door oh you just pee down the hole down the hole (sighs) yeah wow that seems like a
0: wow you think somebody would notice the pee smell coming out of the
1: elevator door no no one's in the elevator shaft it was over a weekend Oh. um First of all, it's very terrifying that
2: eighth grade students are watching these videos. Yeah. I'm so happy that um, there are kids in Winchester watching you get hit in the face with the water balloons. Yeah, yeah. My parents in saw class. that movie. How did they, what did your parents? Say? They saw it on
1: Facebook. It trickled down to their level of Facebook, <laughs> oh, wow. and it was ter- It was bad. Oh wow! Why would you let yourself get hit in the face by a balloon? My friends are telling me why my son is an idiot. Well, it's for yeah. science, mom. So I sure, tell my it's mom. A fun conversation. Um, yeah, sorry about that, Norm. The answer uh, is it depends how long you keep your hand in the water. There, there are videos of people dipping their hands in liquid nitrogen quickly and then removing them. That's a bad idea. Don't do that.
0: Yeah, the the there's a the, it's actually an effect. What happens because liquid liquid nitrogen is so cold. When you put something warm into it, it creates a cushion of gas around as the as the nit- nitrogen boils off the cushion of gas forms around it it actually insulates your hand for just a little bit just a tiny bit of time if the liquid nitrogen actually like that that's when you pour liquid nitrogen on the top of your hand and it pulls off then what's happening is it's riding a cushion of gas just like when you pour uh a liquid water on a hot skillet and it skates across the top of the of the of the skillet um the downside of sticking your hand to liquid nitrogen is that as soon as that cushion of gas goes away, your skin is being exposed to super duper cold temperatures—negative two hundred Celsius. Cells explode. Um, yeah, well, they freeze and rupture. Yeah, um, you're gonna get frostbite almost instantly. The it will probably take a few minutes. I would think. More than you could keep your hand, like unless your hand was clamped into the thing or frozen on the bottom or something really terrible happened, it would be really hard to actually keep your hand in.
1: So did you not see Sunshine? I didn't. What the about movie? Like, the, the movie? The movie. The
0: dune. The dune hand test. Yeah. it's The fear is the mind killer, except for in this case, your hand is being frozen solid. Um, y- You don't want to do that. It's a real bad idea. But yeah, if you if you left it in there for a couple of minutes like we did with the chicken breast and then took your hand out, put it on something solid, hit it with a mallet, it would shatter. Blood pumping is not going to do any good at all. It is really, really cold.
1: You know, fear is just a, a thing you create in the mind. Danger is real. You know where we are, right?
0: Uh, and that'll do it for, <laughs> for
1: questions this week.
0: Again, if you have a question for This Is Only Test, the email address is podcast at tested.com. Uh, we do not want to play questions. Out, that question was borderline. I apologize if you if you had trouble with the audio listening. Uh, make sure your question sounds good. Play it. It should sound like the podcast. That's the easiest thing to do. Don't don't record it on a public bus. Don't record it in a submarine. Don't record it in some sort of slaughterhouse or someplace where there's weird noise in the background.
2: But will I like submarines and slaughterhouse. I do, too. But those are bad places to
0: record video. It's like the deck of an aircraft carrier. It turns out that's a loud place to be, even if it's not an aircraft carrier that's being used to launch airplanes. Um so anyway, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of This Is Only Tested West. Your work can be found on websites such as Tested.com and The Wire Cutter. Yes. Anything we, you'd like to plug that you haven't already plugged? No, we're good. Uh, you the, read. People should read your Pixar story. Your story about making 3D versions of Finding Nemo is quite entertaining. Yeah, your Voxel one. story. very interesting. Oh, Voxel yeah. story was I, good too.
2: I really like the Voxel one. And those are games that I'm super excited about. There you go. Uh, uh, there will be more about the monitor stuff. Thursday. So, oh, by the time this podcast is
0: out everybody yeah. should take a half hour and read Norm's uh, treatise on the Han Solo DL44 blaster it's it's quite entertaining um, and I guarantee you will learn something and we will be back uh, with another episode of this is only a test next week today's outro comes to us from Evil Max 17 I might have played this one last week but I don't know uh, we'll see you guys next week stay tuned for fake outtakes ah, hi there I didn't see you Tested. it Boop, 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 boop. It's a pretty
1: good noise norm. It's ridiculous. Uh, boop, boop, boop. That's it. We used that last week. And they're done that. I think we used that last week. I'll play, it's another. Still, it's still pretty I'll good play another. It's still a pretty good one. <laughs> I've got more.
0: I can play these all day. We've got hundreds. Hundreds. You think Vader wears a cup? I think he yes. does. Yeah, I me mean, never Some kids, kids, kids gonna kick walk up with ball. <laughs> I would ball tell my kid it. to do that. That's it.
1: That's an oldie. Yeah, that's a real. Somebody deep. dug deep,
0: deep cuts here uh, so on this is the only I think test. Deep. Um, what um, are we? What's are we still going to AJ's for lunch uh, today? A- AK, AK's
1: AK subs. How? What's the best pastrami? Let's talk about pastrami and really? cheese and sandwiches. Mm. I just want to go get sandwiches. Well, I think we, we have to suffer a little bit first for oh the, for the art. Oh, the, the, it's, uh, it's a
0: segment of the show, Norm. You can't just uh, not do it because you're I think, hungry. Uh, I think it gets integrated into the show. Um, I'm so hungry. I like the crispy bits of pastrami. We can talk about going to Adam's house. I don't want to do that. I feel like we should though. I feel like not talking about going to Adam's house is probably doing a disservice. But we're gonna do videos from Adam's house. Yeah, we will do a tour. We went to Adam yeah. gave us the grand tour last. We went. We How shop- much are we allowed to say? It's, like, it's his personal. It's, it's, well, we actually it's very put some- bank
1: stuff on the internet. So I mean, at this point, what you know, what's what's going to happen? At- Adam's house is great because uh, it's. It's very much Adam Savage's personality, but not in the same way that you normally think is Adam. Um, if you've been, if you've seen his office at M five, it's messy and there's tons of stuff and you know drawings on whiteboards, and that's very much an Adam Savage that you get the persona. That's you get the unfiltered Savage from uh, that's what we should call From Mythbusters, if you watch Mythbusters, that's the Adam you know, dr- great at drawing diagrams and everything, and tons of like experiments everywhere. Um, that's at M five. Yeah, at the cave. It's the Adam that we've come to know from tested and, and doing all the. All it's this. RPF Adam. It's, and that, that's pure, all this collector stuff. And it's awesome. Yeah. And, and I love that Adam. And then the Home Adam, it's still very much Adam, but it's a completely different Adam. Well, and it's Dad Adam and Dog Owner Adam and like Adam who eats
0: food. I don't yeah. think we've ever seen Adam eat food. Have we? I
1: don't think so.
2: I mean, I've seen him drink. Uh, For all we know, he could be a robot. I just huh. want to say I'm really creeped out right now by your divisions of. The three atoms. The levels of Adam that you've gradually come to know. There's a lot of Adam.
0: Adam Adam brings high intensity to pretty much everything he does. Uh,
1: I guess we can talk about – the one thing I would like to talk about because we're not going to do a video of this, at least not initially, is his library. The library. As somebody who just divested himself
0: of all of his paper books except for a very small number of sentimental value books – I'm super jealous of the library.
1: Yes, yeah, so you—you had a wall in your house and your guest room. Two walls, two walls of bookshelves that you kept books and board games and stuff. Mostly and, books, yeah. And you got rid of all of that. Well, I kept the board games. Kept the board games. Dumped all the books. Not all, empty all of them, because it's—it's the baby's room.
0: It, that became the baby's room because we have a thousand square foot house, and and like, I, it was either the office or the room with the books. And the office I use every day, and the room with the books stays closed unless the dog needs to go in there. Yep. Um. So it was an easy decision. And then we had we were faced with the do you keep all the books and just put them in boxes and then hope that they're gonna be good? And I and about that time I wanted to reread American God, so I went to Amazon and I bought it for the Kindle because I didn't want to deal with carrying paper around with me. And I realized, no, no, I'm not gonna if I pack these books up in boxes and put them in the garage, never I'm just gonna to have to move a whole fuckload of boxes every time I move for the rest of my life. So we we, we sold um probably three boxes of books to a local used bookstore. Um, and I took the rest to the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library because the Pacifica Library doesn't take donated books. Wow! And Friends of the San Francisco Public Library was like, "Oh my God, this is so many books! You guys are assholes!" (laughs) Um, and we came like I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, it's harsh judgment when you go to Friends of the San Francisco Public Library with ten boxes of books, and they're actually good books. Like the guy was flipping through, was like, "Are you sure you want to get rid of this?" I was like, "Yeah, we want to." Yeah. We we buy, we're digital now. And then then I really got the stink like I got the stink eye when I rolled in with a bunch of books because I think they thought we were getting rid of our dad's, you know, dead parents' books or something. But then when I told them I was transitioning to digital, they were like, No, you're a fucking asshole. Anyway.
2: Not. When I worked at the library, we would just put we just sold those books that people brought in. Well that's that's what they did nice. in one
0: my public library when I was that, that's what San Francisco does. The Friends of the Public Library uh, sells, sells them.
2: Yeah, there's like we'd usually sell them for – we had a lot of books we just sell for like 25 cents or lot, 50 cents uh, yeah. or something. That's
0: oh, good. So we rolled in on in accidentally the busiest day of the year when they were doing their, their Friends of the Public Library super-duper book sale where the most expensive thing in the store was suddenly a dollar. So it was not a good day to drop off 10 or 12 boxes of books it turns out. But
1: I don't have any books anymore. Okay. Uh, Adam has a ton of books. Adam has a lot he of books. He has a room in his house where all the walls are bookshelves. And they're super organized, which I really appreciate. Really tremendously organized. And then the, in the center of the room are Are we going to uh, talk about Winston? We are going to talk about Winston. I love Winston. Several <laughs> chairs. Uh, um, there's one chair uh, that has a taxidermied fox on it, a yeah. pliable taxidermied fox. That, so you can, that fox. You can position him in any position. Yeah, when, when you shot, which is creepy. When you shot, what was it you shot on the pool table last time we were over there?
0: I don't think it's up yet. I don't know if the fox was The fox, there, fox was – he was originally going to put the fox behind you and did, there was no place to put it. Okay. So it ended up yeah, – So it might be one of the videos. I ended up sitting with it on my hand the entire time it's I was shooting. It was really it's very
1: creepy. It's a really creepy taxidermy I fox.
0: I, well, no, no. It's a good taxidermy fox but it is the kind of taxidermy that I find super creepy. I, I think taxidermy in general is kind of
1: creepy. I I, I would have it's Winston different. in my house. Well, it, it's fascinating but it, it, the mental – like getting past the idea that this used to be a living thing that's skin. Yeah. And now is stuffed. Well, and one of his dogs jump up on the other chair opposite the fox. I was like, this is really uncomfortable. Do you think the dog realizes? On one chair was the the taxidermy fox. On the other chair was his dog, well-behaved. And it's like two animals sitting there. And in between them was on a platform.
0: Hold on. I just want to say this is, I think, uh, I've seen a fair amount of taxidermy in the part of country I grew up. This is the best piece of taxidermy I've ever seen. In, In
1: a private residence.
0: Uh yeah that wasn't like a stuffed woolly mammoth in the net, in the Smithsonian or something yes. like that. Yes.
1: Yes. In, in, in small scale outside something of you could a have public institutions. Yes. Uh it was a taxidermied beaver. Yes. Uh in a pose that was so earnest, pensive and the perfect expression, introspective. Um and its name is Winston. Yeah, his name. His name is Winston. Yes. And the first, I'm the sure first a great story behind Winston. We'll talk about um, him in the future, I hope. But it that it was awesome.
0: You and I had a, immediately the same reaction when yeah. we were talking about Winston with Adam because you said, "I said, you should put the clothes on him." Yeah, you he, said he, he needs should, a vest. He needs a vest, and I thought he needs a vest and a hat and maybe yep. a cane. And it turns out Adam has plans. He has hats. He's getting a vest, and he has plans for a cane. Yep. I, I we sound like lunatics right now. I know, but Winston is Winston. Like, Winston is the
2: least creepy piece of taxidermy I've ever seen. When when Norm said that, my exact first thought was that is a great name. For oh, her. yeah. It's the beaverest yeah, beaver name you've ever seen. It is a perfect beaver name. Yeah. He
0: looks like the beaver on the cover of that Jodie Foster narrated beaver's documentary from like 10 years ago. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. It's really good. Um, is that why
2: she made the movie called The Beaver? Oh, wait. Maybe,
0: maybe it's not a Jodie Foster narrative. I think, I think you <laughs> Hold just. Hold on. I might have just transposed. Right there.
1: Hold on. <laughs> A uh, Mel Gibson
0: revi- comeback yeah. movie. It is it's, not, it is not nothing to do with that. This is Beavers 1988. Wow, it's really old. Um, it's 30 minutes and it is. It's what you used to watch in school in science class. Really? Like, on a rainy day. Oh, we never watched. We always had film strips. We didn't have actual video where I went to school. Um, It is, oh God, where there's no list of people. The cast, Earl Pennington is the narrator. It is not, not Jodie Foster. Not Jodie Foster. <laughs> okay. Cool All story. Right.
1: And, and with that, let's get some lunch. You really want to get sandwiches I now? I absolutely want to get sandwiches Can we
0: talk now? about the, the storied career of Earl Pennington for a little bit? I, I don't know who that is. He was in uh, Happy Birthday to Me, 1981. It looks like a horror movie themed around birthdays. He was in in Praise of Older Women, which looks a little racy. Um, and then he was in a bunch of stuff that doesn't have cover Older women on do IMDb. need more praise. Well, explain, Norm. I don't understand what that means. I mean, are respected. Okay. Respect your elders. There you go. So yeah, that'll more moms. That'll do it for us. We'll see you guys. Uh, well, next next week, are we going to do a
1: show next week? I guess we should. You already promised it, did we? Yeah, we're going to do a show next week. We're, it's the week after that. We might not do a show. Oh right, the right, week right, between right. Christmas. We need and New we
0: Year's. need to we need to get Gary in for one more episode for the end of the year before we can do predictions because we did predictions last year. And oh, they are, can we revisit them? We should revisit them with Gary because they were Gary Holy was involved in. Or we could spend this time and talk about. Has it been a year since our my predictions? Do you, do you want to uh, do you want to talk about projections now? When no 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 no, let's wait until Gary's here. Yeah, we got to have Gary here for predictions. Oh my
1: goodness, I'm excited.
0: You about said this. a lot of really crazy stuff, and some of it was right. I think you might have been the big winner on predictions 2012. No shit, uh, it was close. If See you guys. Yeah, bye.